What's up, Drew Hill? He Drew Hill? What's up? Hey guys, I may have go away heat, but these guys have true heel heat. So you better listen to the podcast or else I'm gonna kick you in your fucking cock and balls. <laughs> Hello everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there at True Heel Heat. Yeah. <laughs> thought we were finally going to have a week in 2024 that wasn't full of news and, you know, we can make it maybe like a one-hour podcast. But no! No, no, no. New Japan Pro Wrestling on Thursday night said a whole big no to that, SP3! We're announcing that Kishika Okada is leaving the company. Who will sign him? The big players, WWE, AEW. Maybe TNA. He will be on Impact next week. And then Steph freaking Rollins has a torn meniscus, a torn MCL. Is he going to main event WrestleMania against CM Punk? We're going to discuss all of that. It's me and the True Draw Josh. We got some special guests coming in as well. It's True Hill Heat 260. Let's get to Hello, hello, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for True Hill Heat 260. Make it rain. Discussing the latest wrestling news, including the shocking news of Kashika Okada leaving NJPW, being announced, and where he may go. What does it mean for New Japan Pro Wrestling? Seth freaking Rollins suffered an injury that may make him miss WrestleMania 40. A recap of this weekend wrestling with NJPW Battle in the Valley featuring Jack. Aries shocking arrival. New beginning in Nagoya was this morning. You had AEW Dynamite featuring Samoa Joe versus Hook. Rampage versus Collision. Battle of the Belts 9. ROH TV on Honor Club. WWE SmackDown Raw. NXT. And me and Josh's matches of the week. And yes, that means I am joined by Mr. Clutch himself, the sixth man of the True Hill Heat flagship podcast, even though he might as well be a starter because he's here as much as the other starters. He is the true draw job. Yeah, I should be, but, uh, you know, I don't want to be one of those, hey, hey, I'm, I'm full-time, and then I got always got other shit to do on Saturdays. So, I mean, whenever I can fill in, I'll fill in no matter what. We're, we're, we're going like to have like a full system impact by the end of the year where I'm never alone, where I'm always going to – it's either going to be you, Miss Chrissy Love, uh, Top Guy JJ, Sat E. Uh, I, I was talking to Sat this week. We're going to have him a little bit more on the Fly Shift podcast because he had his final week uh, doing the Saturday morning news over on WrestleTalk and doing the podcast over there. So he has a couple more Saturdays free, and he's he said he's true he'll heat for life. So we're going to have a system impact. Put a flagship where it's either Josh, Chrissy, Top Guy, or Sat. There we go. Put it into the air. Put it into fruition. But yes, welcome everyone to our flagship podcast, the Saturday Morning Cookout. 
We are here every Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, talking about the entire week of professional wrestling. If you want to know anything that happened in professional wrestling, whether it be a show, whether it be news, this is a comprehensive podcast that covers it all. So you can join us every Saturday or you can watch us on demand. We appreciate you. Either way, show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And, of course, if you're with us live, sound off in the live chat. If you're watching us on demand, sound off in the comments down below. If you're watching us on Facebook, drop a heart, a like. An angry emoji, a laugh emoji. However, this week in wrestling made you feel, you could do it with those emotes over on Facebook. But you could also sound off in the live chat with everybody watching over on YouTube, over on Twitter. Sound off in the live chat. We'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But of course, the most important thing we do here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with these streams or what you can do for us is send those Super Chat donations. If you have a little bit that you can give back to us, we always appreciate it. We always give your Super Chat some time. If you have a question, you have a statement, we will make sure it's read out, and we will give you our thoughts on your comment as well. Those are also important. We're a self-funded channel here, so every little bit counts, and it goes back to the contributors you see on screen. Or as Jimmy Macaram said, we're broke, nigga. We're broke um please thank you uh but yes we got a couple of people in the chat arman who says what's up uh we got nikki boy who says good morning my good brothers we got eric isaac in the chat saying hey guys we also got uh nikki boy who says tk really said to gato trade offer i receive okada osprey shibata and jay white you receive jack perry seems legit seems legit same same i mean that's a fair trade off right josh Oh, it's very fair. I'll take that any day. Very fair. You know, you know, Jack Perry's got all the Hollywood connections. So, yeah. Uh, Nikki Boy also saying, and also, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to True Hill Heat Sports. Yes, be doing that because it is NFL playoff weekend. Romeo's going to be live with the gang over on True Hill Heat Sports. You can subscribe over there for our watch-alongs. And like I said a few weeks ago, I'll say it here on the flagship, our Super Bowl watch along is going to be very important over on True Hill Heat Sports. That's going to, we're going to have a big announcement about the channel and what we're going to be doing with the channel throughout 2024 and beyond. So be, be sure to tune in to our Super Bowl watch along as well as all of our watch alongs for the NFL playoffs. But we're highlighting your comments. We got a shout y'all out to start off the show. The True Hill Roll Call is how we start off every edition of our flagship podcast. Shouting out those supporting us on social media here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel and Patreon. Our top three conversation starters on our True Hill group page on Facebook. We got Stewie Palmer at number three, Joe Bellini at number two, and Reno Red, number one for the first time. Congratulations, Reno Red. We got Patreon backers, Vela B, Alan Weinstein, Nick Jackson, Alex McCarthy, Professor Chris, Austin K, Robert, Steve, Fifth Generation Carney, Ladarius, John, aka Russell Scopes, Dan, Kobe, Dolores, John Martin, DJ Eric, Marcus Ryan, James, Alan, Santo, Queen Monet, Christopher and Victoria Kid, and Nick Tim. Thank you so much for supporting us over at Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. Three dollars a month gets you exclusive content plus a True Hill Heat prediction championship, and you will always be read out and get that shout out at the top of every flagship podcast. But let's get into what we missed, Josh, and 
We got a lot on tap for what we missed. There's been a whole bunch of shows. We did a lot of the previews last week. So let's get into one of the shows we previewed last week, which was NJPW Battle in the Valley. I think this is now twice in three weeks of this year. We're starting off with New Japan, which is quite impressive on me, on my part. A New Japan mark dictating the flow of the show but yes battle in the valley featured the main event which had kashika okada defeating will osprey in an excellent main event matchup that was rated five stars in the wrestling observer newsletter it was four and three quarter stars by me but you know i have the right ratings dave over embellishes uh post-match okada cried before both men hugged in an emotional moment that be that we did not know how emotional it really was we thought it was emotional because of osprey and okada's relationship this being one of osprey's last uh big events for new japan and their final big matchup against each other in njpw but it became more significant as we as the days went on. However, Bullet Club War Dogs came down to attack both men until United Empire and Eddie Kingston came down to make the save. Speaking of Eddie Kingston, the Mad King and Gabe Kid went to a double countout in a hard-hitting wild brawl for the AEW Continental Championship. Post-match, the Bullet Club War Dogs jumped Eddie Kingston. Shoto Amino, Fred Rosser, and Jacob Fatu, who was a highlight on this show, beat Team Filthy in a decent little opening trios tag. But post-match, the big newsworthy moment of the show happened as AEW's own Jack Perry attacked Shooter and then ripped up his AEW contract in the middle of the ring before putting on an armband that read Scapegoat. And he is being called the Scapegoat in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we taught, we had other title matches as Julia beat Trisha Dora in a damn good bout to retain the NJPW Strong Women's Championship. Meanwhile, Matt Riddle reunited with Jeff Cobb of the Chosen Bros to defeat TMDK, Zack Sabre Jr., and Bad Dude Tito in a very good tag team matchup. Speaking of debuts, you have Matt Riddle debuting on the show, but via video, Mustafa Ali made his debut, challenging former IWGP junior heavyweight champion Hiromu Takahashi for April 12th at Windy City Riot. Speaking of that event, we had the, the five-star match that was five stars to me and Dave, John Moxley defeating Shingo Takagi in an outstanding, violent, bloody no disqualification war. Like I said, Dave Meltzer, rating of five stars in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Post-match, Moxley challenged Tensuyo Naito for Windy, Windy City Riot as well. So we're getting Naito versus Moxley. He said he's waited four years for this matchup, and he's taking it on April 12th. What did you think about this show overall? But what about the big matches, the Osprey, Okada, Moxley, Shingo, and then the big setup of the two big matches for Windy City Riot of Hiromu and Ali, as well as Mox versus Naito? Um, I, I thought it was a it was a great show. Um, you know, it was real. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of great matches, a lot of great angles. Uh, the Jack Perry thing, little it was surprising just because. That's just the place I didn't expect him to show up. And just the whole play to it with the whole contract and then, you know, the whole uh, scapegoat thing. Um, I, you know, 
they're going they're doing a fine job when it comes to not blurring the lines because this was one of the things that we did kind of talk about it was like if they bring him back like wh- how they're going to do this because what happened was a major incident you can't ignore that you can't bring him in a situation where you kind of just like act like nothing happened it happened and now they have to find a way to either use it or you know, it's also going to be interesting how he portrays it just because, um, you know, with CM Punk being in WWE, he hasn't, he hasn't mentioned AEW in any capacity. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting how Jack plays off of that. It's either he, he's not going to give a fuck that he's going to mention it or he's going to find a way just not to, like, he's going to, like, bring him up as in, like, not mention him by name. Talk about the incident, and that's it. But I mean, there's a few things, a few interesting things you could do with that. Um, no, but overall, it was a good show. Uh, a lot of matches I enjoyed. Um, you know, the Osprey and Okada stuff. I thought it was more for like Osprey, but now in hindsight, it's like probably means more now just because of the news we got. But I mean, yeah, overall, it was a good show. Yeah. I thought the Okada and, and Osprey was a fantastic um, matchup. I don't think it was a perfect match, but I did think Shingo and Mox that blew me away. Like I thought that would be great, but that was I just, think that was a better match. That was absolutely outstanding. That was one of the best matches of the year so far. It's that the Brian Okada matchup uh, from Wrestle Kingdom, and one other match this week that I think is in that conversation with those two matches, which we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, we got Nikki boy who says that hug hits more knowing that Akata is leaving. Uh, we got, uh, I'm, I'm going to butch. I'm going to butcher this. You want to try, give it a try. You want to give a try at this name? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Tim better, uh, the better, the actor, uh, Besta or Bessa, the actor. I'm gonna call you TT the actor. I'm sorry. TT the actor says uh Jack Perry in the New Japan Cup this year. I actually I actually well, wouldn't mind that. I would I wouldn't mind Jack Perry winning the New Japan Cup. Oh, oh shit. Oh it's chaos, man. Uh we got Bala B in the chat who says uh, this was a quote from a, a Japanese fan on Twitter about Okada. I uh, said, NJPW and his fans do not wish to bind talented individuals with low wages due to a weakened yen in a country where the GDP is falling below fourth place. That's uh, that's insightful. I, I mean, that's a different perspective that we don't always hear. And if you know any Japanese fans, follow B, tell them to come on board. We got Google Translate. They can put their translation, you know, put in Google Translate, put in the comments, and we'll highlight them as well. Uh, we do have a super chat donation from, of course, our good brother, Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will Chisholm. Honestly, Will, I, it's not only just us. You support so many YouTube channels. Like, I've seen you over in Fightful. I know you've been across different YouTube channels. You are supporting wrestling YouTube, unlike anyone else that I see in these communities. So I wanted to give you that kind of, like, praise, sir. Like, we're gonna, we gotta do something special for you. We are planning to do that because you have given so much to us. We appreciate it, man. Uh, Will says, gotta ask, how can NJPW and AEW work together if AEW gets their top talent? 
I know it's the wrestling game, but Tony is doing what people saying WWE may do if they work with somebody. Tony just slick about it. To be fair, the only thing I would correct about your statement, Will, is you said uh, people saying WWE may do. No, no, no. People are not saying WWE may do. This is what WWE has done. Like, they, like what Tony is doing is like a microcosm of what WWE has done with every single partner or promotion that has ever worked with them. So don't don't say oh what people are saying or what WWE may do. They not may do. They gonna do they've that with anybody yeah. they work with. Yeah, they've That's done how it. it works. The bigger yeah. the bigger promotion, we've seen it and we're seeing it, you know, firsthand with AEW. The bigger promotion, the promotion that can pay the more money, nine times out of ten, the best talent. If you're working with two different promotions, the best talent is gonna go lean with the promotion that they're making the most money with, especially when they make a relationship with them. We don't know for sure if Okada is going to AEW, so we can't even say for sure it's as bad as people are describing it as if, you know, it's already a done deal. It's not a done deal, and we're going to get into that, but I wouldn't say that this is like, oh, Tony's slick about it. No, Tony is just reading from a book of WWE's history and just learning from it. He is literally copying what WWE is doing. He's not slick about it. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, but then also he's not doing it like in a uh, backstabbing-ish way. Like he's not, that's not what he wants to do. And he hasn't done that. When he signed Osprey, uh, New Japan gave him their blessings and they're like, all and, right. And they leaned Osprey towards him. Towards yeah, so yeah, so it was like, uh, e even in the comparison of things, uh, it's a lot different. Uh, the best way I could describe it too with WWE is look at the UK scene. UK the UK scene, they didn't have a major promotion. They had like these big independent promotions. And once WWE started looking into the UK market, that's basically what they did to Progress. Progress had like a lot of talent and they and they took them. They took their talent. Please them. Please them and Evolve at the same time. Evolve. Yeah, was, exactly. Evolve was was our, it was kind of like the New York, like one of the more popular, like before East GCW got really popular in New York because they couldn't be in New York too much because of death matches and the New York Athletic Commission. The most popular independent was either HOG or Evolve. And I was, yeah, I, I would leave, like yeah, five, six yeah. years ago. Yeah, and I would lean more towards Evolve just because they were getting those big names. Like, they were getting, like, those big WWE names. Like, that's where and I then, discovered Darby, Austin yep. Theory, uh, Orange Cassidy, like, Gargano. I a Gargano. I discovered them Tampa, all from, from all Evolve. Ricochet, like, all from Evolve. And they got into a, a, a relationship. Remember, they, WWE put Evolve out to fuck with a, a, AEW when they did uh, Fight for the Fall in 2019. Remember they did the Evolve special on WWE Network the same night? They yep. were fucking with them, using the whole relationship to fuck with AEW. And then at least Evolve, and a year and a half later, especially after the pandemic, they were done. Yep. So it's like, uh, we can say what we want to say. But I was like, uh, Barry's done it. I'm not saying it's wrong either. It's just, it's business at the end of the day. See, <laughs> TT the actor, you a real one. You a real one. He says, no problem. SP is not easy to pronounce some South African names. It's not. It's not. Especially, it, it's like it's like 11 a.m. this morning. I woke up at like 5, man. It's too early for that. 
Uh, but yes, keep coming with those comments. Keep coming with those super chat donations as well. They did have a show this morning for New Japan Pro Wrestling that I did want to uh, go through very quickly here. It was New Beginning in Nagoya, which uh, featured a big matchup in the uh, main event as Evil defeated Tama Tonga uh, to become the new Never Open Weight champion and of course this is tamatanga's final big singles match in njpw so post-match he cut a promo and cried getting emotional about the moment before saying goodbye to the fans you also had the god the gorillas of destiny el phantasmo and hikaleo beat kenta and chase owens to retain the iwgp and njpw strong openweight tag team titles and finally you had the great okan defeat Taiji Ishimori in a ridiculous kind of kind of kind of silly but still fun muscle training <laughs> matchup which was a 10 minute time limit where they had individual intervals of 30 seconds where they had to do lunges i kid you not that's that was the stipulation muscle training <clears throat> match and the great okan because the rule of the matchup was the person who was who had possession of the title at the end of the 10 minutes won the match Great Okan fell on top of the title and had his hand on the title. So he won the match. Yes. This literally happened. And I watched it this morning. And I won't get that time. Um, but yes, that was new beginning in Nagoya this morning. But I know what you guys came for. I know you guys want to talk about. You guys are already talking about it in the live chat. You guys sending super chats talking about it. So let's get to it. We touched on it briefly yesterday, Josh, on our new beginning Nagoya preview. But let's get into the nitty gritty right now about Kashika Okada officially departing NJPW as the company announced on Thursday. Uh, new Japan Pro Wrestling issued a statement on Thursday stating that Okada will exit. After his contract expires at the end of the month, Okada will finish up with his final dates in February to honor his commitments. The full announcement reads, Kashiko Okada to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling. Thank you for supporting New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kashiko Okada will be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling after the conclusion of his contract on January 31st, 2024. We apologize to fans for the rough nature of this announcement, but join them in wishing Okada the very best in his future. As the New Beginning series begins uh, this weekend, Okada uh, will appear on February dates on February 11th in Osaka and February 23rd and 24th in Sapporo. <laughs> Changes will be made to forthcoming cards with an announcement to follow. We appreciate your understanding and continued support. Kashiko Okada's statement said, I have nothing but gratitude for having been a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling since 2007. And for NJPW bringing me in as a a 19-year-old uh, kid off the plane in Mexico to the rainmaker I am today. Thank you to the best of companies in NJPW, to the best of opponents that I've been able to face here, and to the best of fans that have cheered and booed over the years. I promise to make it rain in every match I have left, so keep watching. Dave Meltzer on uh, Twitter did mention, uh, you know, following the announcement that Okada let New Japan know that his notice that he would not be re-signing with the company on Thursday night prior to the announcement being made. A new report had more details on Okada's exit from NJPW as well as interest in him from other companies. 
FIFO Select reports that sources in the company had heard recently that Okada had a meeting with NJPW officials about their future and that it was cleared by the end of said meeting that Okada would be finishing up with the company. That said, several people in the company were surprised that it was announced now as they expected such to happen next week. The exit is said to be an amicable one and the door is will likely always be open for him. NJPW sources said they knew it was a reality that would potentially be facing and are confident in their ability to create new stars both in Japan and the U.S. As far as Okada and where he will go, boy, oh boy, he's about to make some money! As far as where, where Okada may be going, the report notes that AEW and WWE are both interested, though WWE sources had not heard of any talks between the two sides. They expected that it would at least be explored, but weren't sure if he would want to make the move over. Okada would not be able to work the Royal Rumble unless he received permission from New Japan. AEW was very hopeful that they'd be able to sign Okada, and ideas had been discussed, but as of such, it is too early to determine where he will actually end up. Okada mended fences with TNA over last weekend, and the experience was said to be a positive one by many in the company, so that's good news for them. They were looking to spend seven figures on CM Punk or Will Ospreay, so maybe they make an offer to Okada. And then you had the report from the Sports Illustrated who reported that AEW is the current favorite to sign Keshiko Okada at this moment. The reasoning for this is Okada's pre-existing relationship with AEW CEO Tony Khan and his recent visit to Dynamite in October of last year was for all intents and purposes an opportunity to see how the company operated a live TV taping. The report notes that Okada has also struck up a relationship and friendship with on-screen rival and NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 18 opponent Brian Danielson, who has gained his trust. Danielson holds a significant amount of backstage influence within All Elite Wrestling, notably heading up their disciplinary com committee following CM Punk's AEW All-In incident with Jack Perry. And the report also notes that Okada has remained close to AEW EVPs, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks of the Elite as well. And also worth noting, Okada has not signed a contract with AEW or any company at this time. It's now the real bidding war of 2024. So no more fire. We got to talk about money now. And to talk about money, we got to bring in a money man. A man that knows about making it rain. Because he makes it rain on the stage as the greatest stage host in wrestling history. He is the greatest Scotsman since Drew McIntyre's new character. Not Drew McIntyre before, his new character. <laughs> Kenny is the best since Drew. He is the man over at Inside the Ropes. He is Kenny McIntyre. What an introduction. How do I follow much that? Much better, right? Much better. Much than better, much better. The, the best stage host of all time. I'll take it. Um... Yeah, I wish I wish the money rained as much as you were saying it does, but uh, there's like a little bit, there's like a slither of rain that's money. It's just like one dollar bills, like ten of them, and I catch. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey, come on, you catch them all. How you feeling, Getty? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited about the year ahead. There's lots of stuff happening in wrestling. I'm hoping Seth Rollins is not going to be at WrestleMania, which you oh. know, 
Wait, wait, wait. You're hoping he's not? What are you? <laughs> no, I'm, no, 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 no. What I said was, I'm hoping he is not out of WrestleMania. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. oh I, didn't say I, I didn't say I hope he's out of WrestleMania. I was like, I heard you wrong. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I was like, what? I'm just diving straight in. Fuck Seth. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, was like, I was like, you learned from Seth. This is all Seth. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, no, it's good. We're we're bringing Trish Stratus over here to the UK in March, so I'm excited about that. Um, you know, she because she was a she was a she was a poster for a lot of young boys, not me, but you know, a lot of young boys had her on their their wall for whatever reason. I did say I'm no more. I had Sable, but mainly because I thought she was fabulous. So you know, nothing, nothing else. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We are glad to have you on, glad to talk about this with you, because I saw your tweet on yesterday morning. I, I yes. had the big reaction as I'm watching TNA Impact and New Japan drops this news, and I know you wake up Friday morning and probably caught the news yourself, and you were kind of saying that you would prefer Okada signing with WWE. So please tell the people watching, explain why. Okay, so all... What I'm about to say is only for me and this, the type of wrestling fan I am and what I enjoy. So I'm going to try and not make this a really long-winded answer, but it's going to be a long-winded answer. So <laughs> the thing with Okada, right? So he, he was in New Japan for years. He's a legendary figure, right? If he goes to AEW, he will have great wrestling matches. There's no doubt about it. He will continue to have great wrestling matches. For me, the quality of a wrestling match is like one part of like five different things that makes me really enjoy wrestling and i think for a lot of people aew don't do great on the other four things you know Correct. if you look at the way okada was introduced in the lead up to the first forbidden door he came out on dynamite looking like a student who was going to class he wasn't even like it, they weren't like you know here's this like god in japan and like if you didn't know who he was he didn't feel that special i feel like if you were to poll 10 people and go what was the match he had at Forbidden Door of the four-way? You'd have to think, who was in the four-way? I know Adam Cole was in it. Like, it wasn't memorable. Um, and for me, it's like, I've been trying to think all day of an, an analogy, and I don't think I've got a great one, but I'm going to try. To me, it's like a wrestling match is like a great steak, right? Like eating a great steak. And for me, the surroundings of that great steak are just as important. You know, the restaurant that you're in, the vibe that you're having. If it's just a great wrestling match, it could be the if there's nothing else going on, it's like eating a steak on a toilet in a train station. It's not as great as having it in a restaurant with your friends, you're having the good times. And I feel like with Okada going to AEW, I'm not confident that they are gonna book him in any interesting stories at all. I think it's just gonna be here's this guy who is gonna have these great matches once every couple of months. And like AEW has so many good matches, but the, the good matches to me anyway don't mean as much unless there's good story behind it and that's my fear and i think if he goes to wb especially with triple h in charge now i think he will get a good shot at it and i think they'll make more of an attempt to put him in stories which is why i'd prefer him to go there that is fair you i think you explained it explained it very well i'm not sure about the analogy but the explanation was eloquent. i can't think of a good analogy <laughs> It's so editing. I know what I mean, but nobody else knows what I mean. But you know, can, I, can I just say, one of the things that's been really getting on my tits the last 24 hours, like, so when I put that tweet out, the comparison that all these people, that a lot of people have made to me, and I just think it's such a dumb comparison, is, uh, have you ever heard of a guy called Nakamura? Yeah, the guy who was rubbish for years in the WWE? Yes, I've heard of him. Like, that's not any, like, 
with Nakamura, you know, he turns up in, in so shocker, I'm not a big indie fan or New Japan fan, so I've not seen a lot of stuff out with WWE or AEW, right? Yeah. And I'd seen like two of Nakamura's Wrestle Kingdom matches, the AJ Styles one, and I think it was a Tanahashi one, but I could be wrong. But I'd seen two, and I thought he was great. So I, I, I was there live in Dallas when he fought Sami Zayn. Excellent match. So good. Yeah. And then he's in NXT for a while. He goes in the main roster. He has the Jinder Mahal feud. Of course, that was crap, right? Yeah. Nobody's dead. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I did our, you, you missed that last week. I did a whole rant <laughs> about how he killed them dead. dead. Yeah. But to be fair, I'm, and I'm not defending WWE's booking or Vince's booking of Nakamura, but he won the Rumble in 2018, and it was like, things are going to change. But then the series of matches he had with AJ Styles starting WrestleMania 34 were bad. They weren't good. And he's just kind of been there since, and he's not really that exciting a performer. So the idea of, like, comparing Okada going to WWE today where, like, there's, like, 20 over stars, like, in Triple H's run at Rallon Vince, to compare it to a Vince-ran WWE when Jinder Mahal was the world champion, I just think is a kind of moot comparison to make. Like, if you if your thing is you don't want to see Okada in WWE because you don't like WWE, that's fine. But, but say that. Don't lace it up as some sort of, like, you're you're this visionary that, you know, Nakamura's being held. Nakamura moved to another country because he likes surfing. And he has an yeah. easy schedule. And that, Good. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. More power I, to I you. Mean, I, I will say the other end of the spectrum WWE fans don't use Nakamura's last three months as an example of why Okada should yes. sign with WWE yes. because him being presented better how he should have been presented from the beginning and still losing every freaking match is not good. It's not, no. it's not no. as good yeah. as you think yeah. it is. It's just better yeah. than what he was doing. That's all. Yes, That's all. I agree. But I mean, the, the, the thing is with, with AEW, I, I get, I'm under no illusion he's going to have great matches in AEW. But like, as he, you know, because you you want him to go to AEW, right? So just like, I'm I'm, I'm curious. No, Do you... no, I I I want him to go wherever he's going to make the bet because I'm a huge Okada fan. I okay. think he's going to go to AEW, and I think there's there's reasons why, and I'm going to get in into that. But honestly, if he goes to WWE, I'm going to be happy because I watch W. I watch everything, so you can't. You, I will go wrong with me. But I, mean, I guess my my what I'm curious about is because obviously I'm I'm a type of wrestling fan who wrestling matches are like one in five things like I say that I enjoy, but I mean I guess if you do just like great wrestling, then you would want him to go to AEW because you don't really care about storylines. You just want good wrestling. Now, that's all you want. So I guess it's going to come down to what kind of fan you are as to what you want to see. Yeah, I think that that's what it's really going to come down to. And what's your understanding of who Okada is? I think that, uh, you know, if you're a WWE fan, you want to you they do presentation and pomp and circumstance better than anyone. And that kind of fits with the aura, with the star power of Kashiko Okada. So I totally understand. And then you have the part of the Sports Illustrated report I didn't read, which was the WWE part of they know that Okada has always wanted to work at WrestleMania. So if he's always wanted to work at WrestleMania, Triple H believes he has the right opponents for him in AJ Styles or Finn Balor. And I and when I read that, I was like, 
two guys you haven't been building up at all. Okay, Corey, cool. Um, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like okay, yeah, there'll be guys that can lose to yeah. Okada at WrestleMania. That, that's cool. I mean, AJ and him will have a great matchup. I'm sorry, Finn Balor, they killed Finn Balor dead for me in that Seth Rollins feud when he couldn't pick up a briefcase. But I mean, I'll, I'll dig with him in the Judgment Day. If he's in the group of the Judgment Day, that's fine. But him by himself, I'm sorry, I don't believe him anymore. And is the is, is is an AJ Styles match in 2024 really that interesting? Like not even, not even like that. That's the whole thing. Like I think that you like that's so that's why I wanted you on because you've explained very well of why you should want Okada in WWE. You didn't say, "Oh, Okada needs to get his wins back against Bronson Reed and Shinsuke Nakamura." That is not a good reason. <laughs> like two mid carters versus Okada. No, that's not a good reason for him to no. go to WWE. No. Josh, I know you are more, you would call yourself more of an AEW fan. So, do you want Okada to go to AEW and explain why you think that would be good for Okada? I mean, would I want him to go to AEW? Yeah, of course. He's familiar with them. Uh, I think you could still do a lot of great things, even with uh, certain guys you could still work with. You know, like every time him and Osprey go out there, they always have a banger. Uh, you could even go back to Omega and Okada. Like that's something they haven't even touched in years. Um, but it's more so with him being familiar with them. And I, and I feel because AEW targets the hardcore fan base, I think that's why it would be better because we're already familiar with him. When he goes to WWE, uh, they'll present him well. They'll, they'll pre- they will present him as a big signing. Um, you know, similar to what they, they what they've done with Jade, but then at the same time, Jade hasn't been on TV ever since. Like they signed her last month, and nothing has come about. Uh, they signed CM Punk, and he's had one match that was on the house show. Um, so you know, the presentation will be there. It's just a matter of how they'll use them. Um, I know Brian Alvarez said something about like, oh, this is the this you know this ain't the Fed from before. They'll push him like a big, you know, like they'll make him a mega star. I don't know if I have that much confidence that they'll make him a mega star just because they already have so many people in line already. And that's the biggest thing for me is like, all right, you're going to make him a big star, but as in what? Because we know what they could do presentation wise, but then even uh, not only just match quality, but just like how they're going to use him in his in, in his run, like. What's going to be the end goal when it when it comes to that with WWE? Kenny said something interesting about like Okada doing on AEW like matches like every two months. That's kind of what I want. I want him to be used like brought the Brock Lesnar of AEW, like the final boss. Like he is, he only comes around. It's a special occasion, a special attraction for AEW, especially because one of the reasons why I think he is going to sign with AEW, and I think he should is because he wants to stay local to Japan because his wife is a one of the biggest national stars in, in, in Japan. Like, she's a bigger star in Japan than Okada is. If you think Okada's big, wrestling is a niche thing. She is a big, like, time singer and TV host. She's done all these things. And, like, that, like there's people in Japan that are depressed, not because Okada's leaving, because of the possibility that Okada may move to the U.S. and take his wife with him. That's how big she is. It's like that, like that's what I'm trying to quantify. She's like a huge TV host star out there, and Japanese fans are like depressed about that. 
So I think that using him as kind of like the final boss, the Brock Lesnar of AEW will be well. And I do think that there are a lot of stories because one thing that Tony Khan has done well and a lot better than WWE ever done is taking other people's stories and just going with it and just go. I'm going to just tell that story. I mean, I'm just going to take your your New Japan story. Oh, Omega and Okada, they're longtime rivals. All this story. I got the video package. I'm a partner with them. I can show this all information. I'll just develop that story. That's a big But do draw. you think do you think sometimes like when you're watching AEW, it's like it's like you had to do homework before you watch the show to know the story that like has already happened? Like it's no, like because if if something's happened in New Japan, right, that maybe Excalibur mentions in passing on commentary, like that I'm not watching New Japan. I'm watching AEW. So, like, at least, like, catch me up. Like, I know what you're saying. I'll play the video. They don't always play the video stuff. Like, that's true. To me, it's like, and you know, you're right. The hardcore fan is who AEW are trying to get, right? They, that is kind of their, 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 uh, their, their go to. You know, Omega came up there as an example. And, like, I was so pumped when AEW started to see Omega, like, and really see. And I feel like if you look at the last two years, take out the all out brawl thing, like, Omega just feels like, apart from the Osprey match at Forbidden Door, uh, grant me that was that was amazing. Like, I feel like he's been so fumbled as a character. Like, oh, the last six months of 2023, you will not hear any argument from me. They they fumbled with Kenny Omega because this guy, every time he was out there, he was spectacular. You just you mentioned the Osprey match. What about the Vikingo match? That's still the best Vikingo's ever looked. Ever. Like like that that made Vikingo a star in one night last year and like. They did nothing to, after the Osprey matchup. He got stuck in the Jericho Don Callis vortex, which is one of the worst things about AEW. It's, it's taken over for the Cody verse as the worst thing about AEW. I do, I do think you know the WWE thing you mentioned about you know him moving from Japan or whatever. I do feel like, and I'm not saying this is like a WWE you know goggles on that I can't see the real world type situation, but I do think Okada is a big enough name that if he was to. I think he could strike a deal with WWE where he doesn't have to move to the States, where he does like a more limited schedule because they are going to want him. It's a new regime. I think things have changed enough. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying I think it's possible. I don't think it's going to be a case of you have to do 200 days a year or we're not doing this. I think there's more scope. But like that's the that's the whole thing because I think that there's like also caveats that not a lot of people are talking about with either of these ties uh, uh, signing because I said it yesterday on our NJPW New Beginning in Nagoya preview. Want to specify this? Neither WWE nor AEW need Okada. That is that's the that's the thing. Neither one of them need Okada. So there's always going to be a caveat if you sign Okada. And like signing him and giving him what he wants of staying in Japan. If you're a WWE, what type of precedent does that set for the other people you have to negotiate with for the rest of 2024? When you have a litany of guys from your Kevin Owens, your Sami Zayn, your all these guys are going to become free agents. What kind of precedent does that set of okay, you can have what you want? Yeah, that's what that's what Tony Khan does. But we saw the backlash of that with CM Punk. So if you're just letting them come in and you're letting CM Punk come back and he's going to win the Royal Rumble and main event WrestleMania, if I'm Drew McIntyre, I'm looking in the mirror like, oh, fuck me then. Okay, fuck me. Um, <laughs> like, like, like you, you was like, I wanted to be home during the pandemic. I wanted, I could have saw my mom before she met. Oh, but, but fuck me. Okada can stay in Japan. Okay. Like, I'm just saying, that's a, you have to think about that caveat. And then with AEW, the, the extra caveat with them is that 
We don't need Okada. And this is really going to put a bad perception on this whole New Japan partnership. Because you're look, we already had the super chat earlier in the show. You're looking very WWE-ish with the fact that in the past 12 months, you've signed Jay White, Will Ospreay, and then Kashika Okada. You flexed them of their entire main event scene outside of Tanahashi and Naito who are on broken down bodies. But can I give you, like, I'm glad you brought Jay White up there. And again, I'm not, I like AEW as well as WWE. I'm not saying I'm one or the other. I'm just, and I also think, I think he's going to go to AEW. So this whole conversation, I think it's probably redundant, but why not? Yeah. We're here. Yeah. But I think that's, I think that's where he's going to go. But look at Jay White, right? Jay White, Jay White is someone who I'd always heard is like Mr. Charisma. I'm not necessarily saying I would call him that. But I, I've, I was warming to him in AEW, right? I thought the Bullet Club Gold stuff was fun. Who knew that putting Billy Gunn's kids with him would actually be really good? But it was. And it helped um, them a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they're building him, right? But to me, what they did was they fed him to MJF way too soon. And then he is in that main event of full gear. And he couldn't beat the guy with one leg who like had been taken out early in the show after a half-hour match. So he's no longer a serious top guy anymore. He's now like... I mean, the kiss of death is if you're one of the ROH six-man tag team champions. So that's the, you know, that, that's not a great sign for you. But like, no, no, no. It, it's so, not It's not going. I thought that we were doing well of getting him back with the Continental Classic and then especially the win over John Moxley. And I thought that win would parlay into them feuding after the tournament. But no, he's feuding with the Acclaim, who feel very stale right now. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, if you're Okada... I think the thing is going to come down to one of two things. What does he want more? Does he want to have more great matches? If he does, it's AEW. If he wants to be a bigger star, he'll probably go to WWE. Like, that's the kind of basic I, I thing. I think, I think you could be a bigger star in WWE than you can in AEW, but I think you yeah. can be a bigger star in AEW than you were in New Japan, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, what I'm saying is, like, what's his goal? Is his goal to be the biggest star possible or is his goal to have the greatest matches i mean exactly. obviously the japan stuff is going to be a big factor too what does he want to do like maybe him and his, his wife have decided fuck it let's 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 move to america maybe they've they've had you know we don't know but yeah that is that's gonna be a big part of it but i mean there's something i was thinking about the other day i was for inside the ropes we do these yearbooks which are fucking tedious to put together but we have to like put together all the results of the year and all the stuff and it's like you start you know you write Sky Blue down a hundred times because you had the most matches and you want to tear your hair out. But um, we were putting yeah, it through. Sky Blue Regiment, man. They put Queen Amanada on it. They put Anna <laughs> J on it. It's the Regiment. Um, but like one guy, I'll give an example guy, right? Who in AEW I want to see more from is Rush, right? Rush is this guy. He was in the Continental Classic. He had a, a fairly decent showing, but like he's just kind of there. And there's a lot of guys in AEW who are kind of in the. They're kind of in the mid card, but you want to see them go higher, and nothing's really happening. And I think if Okada came in, guys like Rush uh, are going to probably. There's no chance for them at that point. But similarly in WWE, if you, if Okada comes into WWE, maybe Drew at that point's like, fuck it, like I need to. I'm, also on the Drew I thing, know. I think Drew should leave for three months. That's what I think he should do. Not only to do a tour with me in the UK, obviously, but. This <laughs> guy's selfish. I'm just being honest, right? But also, if you're Drew, and this is an open question, what could Drew do? Say Seth is healthy and nothing changes with that. What, could, what realistically can Drew do on WrestleMania this year that's big enough that he's going to be able to keep the momentum going that he's got? 
is it Anderson? I, th- I think I think what the plan is uh, before the Seth injury, I think it's I think the reason that they had Sammy get off the television, he's going to come back to feud with Drew at WrestleMania. So like, if that's where it's going, take three months off. Don't go to AEW yet. Like field the offers, see see what you can do. Do, do what Ali's doing. Do what yeah. Nemeth's doing. They they feel so much hotter than they did six months ago. And they were like cold, wet rain. Yes. Right? Whereas Drew's actually like. Drew Drew is hot right yeah. now. So like if he was to leave and he's hot leaving, like imagine what he could do if he, you know, turned up somewhere. You know, turn up in Japan, do a one shot or whatever. Um yeah, I think that's what he, I think that's what he would do. But the Okada thing's interesting. I never thought we'd be sitting here at the beginning of 2024 having this discussion. No, it. like it, we literally, I think it was six weeks, like six True Hill Heats, True Hill Heat 254 was when the announcement happened, the, the first news that Okada was going to be a free agent. And like after that, like we went a full month without it being mentioned. And we thought it was all good after we heard the report that Tadahashi got appointed because Abari uh, didn't have a good relationship with Okada. And then this news drops. But yeah. Since we're giving you a little bit of outline about what's going on with New Japan, I want to bring in someone who is a New Japan fan and can kind of give a perspective from that point of view. We heard what would happen, the perspective of why we want Okada in WWE, why we want Okada in AEW, but what is the world for a New Japan fan without Okada? He is also an AEW fan. He watches some WWE. He watches all of wrestling. He's Mr. Joshi Wrestling. He is Scott E. Wrestling. What's going on, sir? Hello, uh, Gato's cooked. That's what I. That's what I came to say. <laughs> the, the you should have done easy. the work the last twelve months. Twelve months, couple of years. Yeah, you had COVID to work through. You could have just made new stars then. It's not like it mattered. You had to give evil a title run, you know. Oh, of course, of course. You know, I used to like to make evil jokes and have to torture jokes. I'm done doing that now. I'm pissed. I'm angry. Well, hello. So, yes, <laughs> welcome, Scott. <laughs> you have joined us for the money talk, for the make it rain talk about Kashiko Okada. Gotta uh, tell us what was your kind of reaction to the news. Where do you think he's gonna go, and what do you think NJPW should do in response? Uh, my reaction to the news was like complete shock because you said it right before I came on here, like. Once the Tanahashi took over, it left my mind. I was like, Okada's in. We're all good here. So, like, it completely left my mind. And they released cards, too, right, for February and on. So I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. And you're not going to hear news about, like, him signing because, you know, we don't do that in Japan. It's just like, all right, he's good. So when the when the news dropped, I was actually napping. Not on purpose. I just had happened to fall asleep. But wake up, and I just go, you know, you see that stupid New Japan logo in the black and white. And it's you know something wor- bad. Bad is happening. Someone's getting pulled from a card or leaving. Uh, and, yeah, it it's something I never imagined would actually happen. And while I think it makes sense for Okada himself, because the reality is he's done everything. He's done everything in New Japan. Sure, he didn't go win the mid-card title, but, like, he's he's the greatest IWGP champion ever. Like, what else does he need to do? He's won every... He's won the G1s. He's, you know, he's he's had the Tokyo Dome main events. 
he's now at an age where if you want to try something, you got to go, right? 36 years old, and there's two companies that want him. Does he want to does he want to wrestle at WrestleMania or does he want to just do America with his friends in AEW, right? That's kind of the two ways you look at it. Um, I think he's going to AEW. I do just because like Tony Khan already took the victory lap. So I'm like, I, I feel like if you're going to take I the forgot to mention lap, the Marlo, the Marlo for the wire tweet. <laughs> yeah. He already took the victory lap. So it's like, if, if, if Okada wants to challenge himself, he goes there for what, two, three years, four years, whatever it may be. And then he can always go back and finish up his career. But there's no other, there's no better time to do it for him than now. That's the way I think about it. Um, I think if he goes to WWE, it's very interesting, obviously. Uh, I don't know how to feel about it because, like, I just can't, I can't get my brain to wrap around the idea of Okada in WWE. I think that's the whole part. Like, I just can't imagine the you know the coin dropping and then some generic deaf rebel song goes on like i just oh can't God. imagine that no 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 i don't i'm sorry kenny i don't want it no more i don't want it, i don't want it no more no no, no, no but they, i did i give him a deaf rebel theme they can't give him a deaf rebel i do think part of it part of it is you know talking about her not being able to see it i totally get it i think part of it as well is that we all if we've watched WWE, we all sometimes like have these bits of ptsd that come back into our brain mm. of things that have happened where we're like we kind of we've like let ourselves go and like been into something and we've kind of felt shafted by it, not coming to fruition the way we mm-hmm. want it to or being stopped. And there's a lot of years of that that happened. So yeah. even though Triple H has been running it properly for parts of the last 12 months, because we know Vince came back and yeah. did stuff, it's going to take a lot longer than that for people who are not just WWE fans to yeah. to, to feel more confident about it. And that's, they should have to work back for people's... Uh, enthusiasm because they've not earned it yet so i totally think it's fair that we should be you know cautious of it if it happens but i do i do think it's like i'm interested at this point by people challenging themselves like even like i like the idea of drew going to aew because it's new it's different it's like i like the idea of somebody doing something i don't expect Mm. because you know to 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 your point about how okada done everything in new japan there's a lot of people in aew and uh, wb who've done everything they're going to do there like Go and do something new. Like, give us something different because otherwise, you know, it's going to be diminishing returns eventually. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's definitely yeah. true. I, I think I, I, the one thing I would feel good about is, like, if he were to go to WWE, they're paying him a lot of money. So it's like, they're not just going to be like, hey, go sit in catering. Like, that's not a thing that Triple H does, right, with these top guys. It's not – that's the one – thing i know for sure i can give triple h credit for is he would use him and he would try to make him this big star that's why they made shinsuke matter again i know i know that's kind of part of the thing uh and i would love to see okada just succeed wherever he goes like ultimately that's how i feel because Okada's, you know one of the all-time greats and now he can solidify that with a run in america I'm not saying that a, a any Japanese wrestler who's an all-time great needs to do that, but for someone like Okada, it just feels like okay. Let me let me take an actual challenge. Let me get a challenge that okay. I go to AEW uh, for a couple of years and I main event all in, right? Like I main event one of the biggest shows ever 
period. And if you're Tony Khan, you're looking at your roster and you're looking at Okada be available and you're like, man, how do, how do I pass up on, how do I pass up on having Okada and Omega under the same built right on, on, in the yeah. same building again? And they, never I, did, they never did the fifth match. Never how, did the fish match in America. How do I pass up on Okada as world champion? How do I pass up on Okada versus Hangman versus Swerve versus Samoa Joe? And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but if you're Triple H, you think the same thing. It's like, okay, I I have a chance to put this guy in a big-time WrestleMania match against, I don't know, take your pick, Gunther, for example. That That could be the greatest match in WWE history. Yeah, like, like we we watched Gunther what he did last year at WrestleMania, right? With Sheamus and was it Drew with the triple threat? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and people still rave about that. And it's like there's so many interesting avenues for Okada, and I think that's the fun of it. I still think he's going to AEW, but WWE money is is a lot. You know, like that is that is a lot. <laughs> I also think with Tony Khan, one other thing that I think has to be on his mind. Like, I think he wants Okada no matter what, like, he would love to have him. But, like, even if he was on the fence about the amount of money, it's like, do you really want to hand WWE another, like, big thing? Yeah. I mean, like, on Raw on Monday, we're going to have a, a, probably a sold-out Raw. I've not checked WrestleTix today, but, like, I'm sure it will be sold out. Mm-hmm. And you've got Punk and Cody headlining that. And it's like, if you had just, like, dealt with your locker room, like, a year yeah. and a half ago, like we would not be in this position where all this stuff's happened, and it's like I feel like he's not going to want to hand them another big thing, right? Um, and I think he, I think he also, I think Tony Khan will outbid WWE like he did on Austria. I think he because he wants them and feels yeah. like he needs them. So and, yeah, and because for, for for all the the faults about Tony Khan's booking, and I mention a lot of them each and every week on this channel, um, but I will say he does two things very well. He knows how to book legends, and he knows how to book people. He is marks over, which Okada is both. Yeah, so that's true. I, I think that, and, then he, <laughs> and you, you, you've seen that booking with CM Punk. You've seen that with Samoa Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe in two years had a better has game. had a better run Maybe. than he ever did in WWE yeah, yeah. in AEW. Like he he knows how to book guys. He is marks over in that time. That that two thousand he- to two thousand ten era. But see if, to- if Tony Khan does get Okada, which yeah, I think we're 99.9% sure he's going to get him, right? The one thing I hope he does differently this time is, like, try and... Because I know that Tony Khan doesn't really like video packages. They're not really his thing. But, like, hype the guy up. Yeah. Like, show us the big moments. Show us... Because is there not, like, a real thing where Okada did, like, a parade in Japan, like, with, like, thousands of people in the streets. Show the fucking footage! Show show the picture of Okada fighting Suzuki in the rain. He made it rain. (laughs) For real. In Japan. Like, show... Yeah, I agree with you. They don't utilize their production and video department, which is one of the best departments in the whole company. If you watch their social media, those social media interviews they have done since the Continental Classic are the best thing on AEW, and they don't show it enough on the TV. I 100% agree with Kenny on that. They need to yeah. use their video and production when it comes to Okada. It was like that hook. It was it was like that that that, that hook promo. That was great. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was, yes. Yes. That was perfect. <laughs> 
I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna have, to, I'm just gonna have the the Cuba Gooding Jr. moment from Jerry Maguire. Instead, show me the money. It's gonna be show me the fridge. Scream it to can at all times. Show me the fridge. He's probably heard that a lot since Wembley Stadium. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, uh, I think that with like New Japan, yeah, they just have to, they have to have like an immediate statement that they are building these. Three wide, three musketeers. Me and Scott have talked about it on several occasions in private, on air. Like they gave these guys the moniker and did nothing with them. Shoto Amino, you've given him John Moxley's gimmick, you've given him Tadahashi's look, you've given him Naito's attitude, and you've given him zero wins. Like, like, like you've done all this stuff, but it hasn't, you haven't pushed them all the way. It's like it's like Triple H booking the WWE women's tag team division. Like he tries more than Vince, what but he's not really comp. trying. <laughs> what a really tough trying. comp. <laughs> yeah, like Vince, that's how Gato Gato books the Rewalk Three Musketeers. Like triple first H. thing I said on here is he's cooked. Oh, it's so bad. But it's hard. It's hard in wrestling sometimes, and there's various yeah. examples of it when you have a roster of your guys who are like your core people, and then either their time is up or they're too old or they move on, and it's like you've got to then find this new crop of people and get them to the level and a lot of times it doesn't happen so it's like but i think new japan and and you know with, with history have have been better than most at eventually figuring it out and like fixing it like so i think that i know people are worried i don't know enough about new japan to to speak with any sort of education but i as a passing person have seen them recover enough times that I think that they will figure it out. But, I mean, also the thing is with New Japan, they are going to have access to these guys still, you know, at AEW. Yeah. They're going to have access to Osprey and, and Okada if he goes. So, you know, hopefully, I mean, hopefully Tony Khan will treat that relationship better than he treated his relationship with Impact, which was like he, it was like he kidnapped them and burgled them and left them on the street. No, no, no. You know what he did, Kenny? He little brothered them. He like oh, went he up to he went up to Scott Demoy. He's like, "Hey, little guy, hey, <laughs> I'm just gonna go on your TV. I'm gonna act like Vince McMahon on your TV and shit on your product. I'm gonna have Kenny beat all your top guys, and then you're not gonna get your title back by beating Kenny. No, no, no. He's our AEW World Champion. No, we're gonna have Christian to build up one of our matches, beat him for your title, and then you can have that Impact Legend back here. Christian's here to drop the title. Hey, man, he gave him Frankie Kazarian." Come on. <laughs> All is forgiven. He got, they got Frankie for- Kazarian. Yeah. <laughs> what a coup. Got, got Frankie out of the deal. <laughs> That's awesome. No, but yeah, like, yeah, you can't, you, they, they got to be better with their uh, just overall. No, November, I'm going back to the, the New Japan side now. November 4th, 2023. Uh, you know, Shota Umino has the match of his life and he still loses to the guy that's walking out the door in a month. Like that is that is all New Japan's fault. People people can no, say like they, all they, they do want. that. They do that basically. Walked out the door two weeks later. Uh, Scott, yeah. you said a month. It was two weeks later. Well, I was, I was giving them January fourth. I was trying. No, to no. Let, no. Let's be real. He, he he's he's out the door. He's just got his hand yeah. on the door. He's like, all right, all right. It's true. I'm, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I know I'm supposed to close and it at a certain time. Here's the thing. It's not like Osprey sitting there like, yeah, I'm not gonna put Shota over. No, this is the Gato call. Like, this is the booking call. This is their decision here. You know how I know that? I just watched Josh Alexander beat Will Ospreay. So clearly, if you want your guy to win, Will Ospreay's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, he got pinned by David Finley. I mean, come on. 
Yeah. David Finley. Unless I don't have I don't have that much of a problem with David Finley. I don't think he's all that great, but it's fine. Uh, but still, Shoda was made that night. And now he's just sitting around waiting to fight Ren Narita. That's my other problem. Why are these guys wrestling each other? You're not growing against each other right now. They need to be wrestling the top guys. Like, Yoda Suji's got to be wrestling Okada. Oh, wait a minute. He's gone. Uh, he's got to be wrestling Tanahashi now. Like, I know Tanahashi's old, but you know, listen, beating Tanahashi still has a little respect to it. Uh, you know, Shota should have been global champion or whatever the hell the belt is now. That, that's what it's called, actually. I actually, I actually I, said I, right I, You You time. went back to November 4th, Scott. I'm going to go back to the G1 again because I've been uh, saying it feels hey, like man, a Hikaleo full, got over. Full <laughs> fucking year I've been saying that. How did you – you had a whole story yeah. the beginning of the year was Okada's yeah. out of the title picture, and now he's working with the young guys. But he hates all the young guys. He had the whole incident with Kaito Kiyomiya, went to Kaito's own promotion and punked him out in the Tokyo Dome. Then he's shooting with Shoto Amino and talking trash to him, making Amino look like a star and feel like a star. Same thing with Ren Narita. He's feuding with all these young guys. You put all the young guys in one block and didn't put Okada? like. It was just mind-boggling. Like, and then you had Sonata be in that block and beat everybody, go undefeated, did nothing for him because that, he's Okada he's probably would have done that. No, Okada lost once. Okada lost literally three times in 2023 in singles matches. Sonata, which was making yeah. a new world champion and a new main event. That's fine. That Naito in the G1. That's totally fine as well because Naito went on to go to Wrestle Kingdom, have his big moment against Sonata. But why the fuck is his one loss in block play in G1 to Will Ospreay, who you did know at that time there was a chance he was leaving? Got to finish the story, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ospreay to finish the story. <laughs> infuriating. I'm still infuriated by their choices in the G1. I couldn't tell. I think you're absolutely right. That's, you know, that's the thing, right? And we talked about that back then, how stupid it was that you put kaito and all these other guys like my problem at the time originally when they came up was like why is he at least not with kaito like that's the whole entire story that's why kaito would be in this tournament at all and they're like okay no and then they put all the other young guys and it's just it, it doesn't make sense it, like it doesn't make sense what is going through their minds right now or back then and still now because i heard today's show was an absolute oh like, my god awful. it was not good it was not good that's how that's how you start off the post Okada era, baby. All of this, all of this feels like New Japan have just been like do 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 Okada and Osprey's not leaving. Doo, 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 doo. It just looks like they've been under the impression, oh, they're not leaving. Oh, we don't have nothing to worry about. Doo, 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 doo. Like what? Can I ask one question before before I, I leave because I have nothing really to offer the New Japan conversation? So I don't no, worry. no, no worry. I, I, I do. I do know you. You have to get, at this comment you're saying, and you do have to give us a fuck, Mary kill. Of course. Oh yeah, obviously that's <laughs> a given. But it was, so am I? Now again, I have limited New Japan knowledge. I'm saying that up front. So if I get this wrong, I'm, I'm admitting it. So Sonata. It, it won the title this year, last year, right? Yeah. And he was the world champion in New Japan. And then he was the one who at Forbidden Door, they had him face Jack Perry, right? Yes. <laughs> so, look, I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. Something is going wrong in the pipe if we've got the world champion 
And then when he comes to AEW, he's facing Jack Perry. Like, either New Japan have not picked the right guy or AEW are not honouring the... I mean, look, Sonata, from what I hear, is about as interesting as a lamppost. From what people say, I don't know. But, yeah. like, surely if you're going to have this partnership, you have to, like... That's like a... You know, the, the difference level there is just... Am I am I in crazy pills? Like you guys know more than me. No, it was that. It definitely felt like AEW was like, oh well, Sonata's your world champion. Well, we'll give you an opponent on Sonata's level. That that that's what it felt like. That's AEW just was disrespectful to Sonata. It, I'm not. Jack, 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 Perry, Jack Perry's more interesting right now after Battle in the Valley than, than listen. Sonata Jack Valley. Jack Jack Perry has a title, and you can't take it away from him. Chief Arslicker of the Young Bucks. And he will have that title till the day he dies. So you put some respect on his name. He can <laughs> let ass better than anyone in history. I mean, he can get his ass kicked too. Um, <laughs> me a river. Oh, uh, he grows a you nice. Know, can beard. I just say, what, so here, whether you like CM Punk or dislike him, I don't really care. The thing with Jack Perry, where you know that he is not at the level he needs to be is he was at a convention last year in England, in like April, I think it was, for the love of wrestling. And he was asked about doing a, a program with CM Punk, right? And at this point, we knew AEW were trying to get them back. I know he's best pals with the Young Bucks. That's fine. Like, who cares? But instead of going like, somebody, I, an audience member had asked him, would you ever do a program with CM Punk? And rather than him being a company guy and just go, well, you never know, I'm, I'm open to whatever, he basically kind of went, went like, and like, laughed it off as if like i wouldn't work with that guy like and that was last april it's like grow up like yeah. you're in do you, i mean there's guys in WWE who do press interviews who fucking hate each other but they will not show you because they are professionals yeah. i mean you're watching you watch seth rollins set up a program and he does not like cm punk yeah but he's course. like oh this is for the money i don't care you know it's like I, mean, I gotta get that mania problem. payday, man. That man leaped out of that cage at War Games to do that whole <laughs> that whole stick. He was like, I gotta get. I gotta. It was like it was surging. It was like a a desperate single woman trying to catch the bouquet. That's what that was. Seth Rollins at the end of War Games, like he was bad. Yeah. Kenny, fuck Mary Kill. What do you have? Okay, I need to try and think of one that's difficult because I feel like I've been I've been trying to think of like disgusting ones and they're too easy. So, okay, um, Nick Jackson, because you know the hair problems. Um, Nicholas Jackson. Nicholas Nick, Jackson. Sorry. Nicholas Jackson. Put some respect on the EVP who works twice a year. Um, <laughs> uh, Nicholas Jackson, Ace Steel, oh, and Chris Jericho. Oh my God! Whoa, Jesus! <laughs> Oh my God, yo, that might be the best one you've ever come up with. <laughs> Holy shit! I was uh, going, I was going with a kind of brawl out feel to it. So all right, so, so, feel. <laughs> so um, damn. Well, Ace Steel bites. So yeah, Take I like it kinky. So I'm fucking Ace Steel. Right. Um, <laughs> or, or or being fucked by Ace Steel. Let's be honest. No, I'm fucking. Be... I'm doing okay. the fucking. Okay. I, I'm gonna toss the chair first. And I'm I'm gonna fuck. Uh, <laughs> then I will marry Nick Jackson, and I will kill Chris Nicholas Jericho. Jackson. I, Nicholas <laughs> Jackson. I will marry Nicholas, and I will kill Chris Jericho for the sake of everyone who 
he he goes into a room you, with a locked door. Um, can you can you imagine your life being married to Nicholas Jackson? Like, can you imagine how like your day to day? I mean, like your day to day existence. Like you wake up and you know that that's your life. <laughs> That's that's it. That's, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about God and we're gonna be in a huff with CM Punk. That's our life. That's that's. I I, I told Josh before the show he's gotta <laughs> answer this time. He got away with Kenny leaving before he answered last time because I think Sat's answer was too too much for Kenny. So yeah, Josh, you gotta go next. <laughs> uh, fuck Ace. Uh, married Nicholas and they killed Jericho. We're on so the same page. Scott, are you gonna sweep. make it a clean sweep? Or are you, are, are you gonna mix it up? Yeah, I'll make it a clean sweep just oh. because <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> no, you, you, you should have seen the last one was it was Sadie. He uh that went off the rails. Yeah, that knows how to take it off the rails. I'll get I'll give you I'll give you what my answer would be. <clears throat> so I would I would this is difficult because you know I have to there's tours that I've done involved here, so I need to be careful with my on-camera answers. Um, I'm going to say that I would fuck Nicholas Jackson because at least he could be part of something good in his life for a few minutes. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll, ele I'll elevate him. Um, oh my God. I would marry... Uh, I would marry A. Steel because I think he would be top banter. Loyal, and loyal. I, Loyal, loyal to a team. He is loyal. He is like, loyal. <laughs> and Ace Steel, like I could wake up in the morning and be like, "We're gonna go to such a good bar tonight and get tanked. It's gonna be great." So, like, it, so is jeering uh, Kenny during the stage <laughs> show. All you see is a chair. World star. <laughs> yeah, you think you're gonna fuck with me in a tour anymore? No chance. And then I would kill Chris Jericho because he's done everything anyway. It's fine. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. that's that's my political answer for that one. We'll move on. You so much to Kenny for coming on the show. You are you are honestly one of our favorite regular guests now. We appreciate you joining us. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, inside the ropes, what you got going on, sir. Uh, you can go to itrwrestling.com to get all of our uh, news articles. You can We've got a magazine, insidetheropesmagazine.com. You can pick that up. The new issue, I interviewed Eddie Kingston, which is really good. And um, I just interviewed Nick Aldis for the next issue, so that should be good as well. I'm really bad at plugging myself. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, so um, you should not vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. the best. <laughs> that might be the best outro we've ever had on the show. Thank you so much, Kenny, for joining us. We know we will see you soon. Thanks, brother. guys. I'll be back soon to jump in again and rant. Bye. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. We got we got more. You just joined us, so you're you're sticking around for a little bit. I'm sorry, we're getting out. All right, I got um, I got like 20 minutes. So whatever. There you go. Uh, there you go. We got one more thing to talk about with Okada leaving because you had to hear that he has a uh, some big matches up coming up, but we had to hear from one of his greatest rivals. Of course, I am talking about Hiroshi Tanahashi. New Japan Pro Wrestling announced on uh Thursday, following the announcement of Okada leaving, that Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kesika Okada will have one final match on February 11th. At at New Beginning in Osaka, uh, these, 
these two men. This is going to be Okada's kind of big, one of his final big matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They defend the number overweight six-man tag team titles on the 24th in Kurgan Hall against TMDK. And he is also set to wrestle on February 23rd and 24th. Uh, New Japan president Hiroshi Tanahashi weighed in on Okada leaving the company. He said, I can only express my gratitude in the sense that I can I have contributed uh I have contributed to New Japan for the past 12 years. Speaking personally, I would have liked to see more matches with the new generation and Okada, Shoto Amino, Ren Narita, Yodosuji, Yuyomura. However, if I feel for Okada, I know that he has done enough in New Japan. I hope he will spread his wings in the world. If he is going overseas with what he has achieved at the top in New Japan, I hope that he will show them Keshiko Okada. It's the same feeling I had with Nakamura. I am very proud of him. I think things will get interesting from now on. We have an abundance of talent right now, and there are a lot of young fighters in the dojo. When the rain stops, there will be a rainbow. Who will light up the future of New Japan when the rain of money stops falling? It's too bad your booker sucks, bro. <laughs> too bad your booker ain't doing shit. Yeah, he's he put, doing he shit. He puts evil in the, in the first main event of the new era. Evil. Listen, I kind of... It was a muscle training match, Scott. A muscle training match. I had to watch Great Khan do lunges for 30 seconds at a time. Great Khan won, didn't he? He did, though. He fell on the title at the end. Hey, there That's you how go. he won. That's how he That's won. That's stupid. He didn't pin anybody. didn't submit anybody. He fell nice. on the title. Nice. Nice. Maybe wrestling's bad. He <laughs> <laughs> might be on something here. Uh, we do have a super chat donation, a big one from Shay Nasty. Thank you so much, Shay. We always be seeing you, especially on our flagship, showing some love. We appreciate that. He says, Okada in AEW with a limited schedule would be great. May we have him at all pay-per-views and a few dynamites. This way he can save his body. Remember, he is 36 and in New Japan, years 36 is like 46, maybe 50. So, yeah, I, I said it before. I want Okada to be the final boss, the Brock Lesnar of AEW. What do you what do you think about how AEW, if they are able to sign Okada, how they book him, Scott? Uh, he should never lose. Well, that's a little bit much. But, like, he should win most of his matches, uh, especially at the start. Like, I'm not having him because anytime he's appeared in – AEW, he's lost. lost. He's never yeah. won a match. And I think that's ridiculous. Um, I would have him come in determined. Uh, obviously, with the music, New Japan can give that out. Um, it, I don't know if I can watch Okada without the music. I'm not going to lie to you. Like the, the I, coin yeah. drop. If, if, no, no offense to the AEW music creators, but like you're not topping that. So just, just ask for the song. Um, yeah. And they but did yeah, that with Jay, so I'm hoping they do it with. Uh, yeah. I I think booking Okada, I like the Lesnar idea. Obviously, I'd have him wrestle a little bit more than Lesnar because that's what twice a year. I would have him wrestle every pay per view. I think maybe that's the best way to do it with Okada. Never have him wrestle on TV. Make him a pay per view. It has to be fighter. like a special episode. It has to be yeah, winter. yeah. If it's um, if it's winter, winter is coming, coming, that's fighter fine. fest. One of those, yeah. Make Grand him a Slam, Grand, Grand Slam, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see him in Arthur Ashe. Yeah. Make, make him must see, 
right? You want to see Okada. You want to see the big match. He's not just going to go out there and wrestle in a tag or preview tag. No, you got to watch the pay-per-view. This guy should come off completely as this, like, absolute prick. I think that's the Okada that I want to see. Because people are going to want to cheer him. But if he just takes out, like, one guy that people love here in America, they're going to boo him. And just, like, Okada's so special. Like that that's what I think like some of these AEW WWE fans don't fully understand like what, what is coming to them one way or the other. This guy is a mega star. He is the biggest wrestling star that hasn't wrestled for one of those companies. Possibly yeah. like ever. Like that that's that's what he is. He's an all time great, and you're about to get an all time great. I I like your idea. I do. I really do. I like making him a prominent figure where he just has to pretty much come in for the one show, you know, do a few pre-tapes and all that good stuff. I think that would be great Um, because I want Okada to be special still. Like, I don't want him to lose his luster. And that's the one thing I'm afraid of, no matter what company he goes to. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that does scare me about him going to an AEW or even a WWE is that we won't get the Okada that the Okada that made him special, that made him an all-time great in New Japan. I feel safer with him going to AEW because that is the Okada that Tony Khan has has fallen in love with and that is a big fan of. And I think that we will see a little bit of that in AEW. We also got uh, TT, the actor, who says, don't want Okada to go to WWE. They'll change his name to Koabashi Okato <laughs> or something, give him an atrocious theme song, and force him to smile and wear yellow tights. I, I don't think they'll do that. They won't change his name if they bring him in. They won't do that. They won't do that much. Uh, and we do have another Super Chat donation from our good friend, the one and the only Will Chisholm. Thank you, Will. He says, you're right, but the only real way I see Okada going to WWE is if they give him the Brock deal. But Brock is Brock. I don't know if they would give that to o- Okada. They I won't. don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them giving him a deal. Like literally, that's what the Sports Illustrated report said. Is that with with WWE, the big hurdle is talking Okada into moving to Florida. Everybody had to relocate to Florida. Punk is one of the few. Brock's one of the few that don't live in Florida that are able to travel. Like, yeah, he'll get he'll get that where he doesn't have to live in Florida, but you gotta li- you gotta move to the U.S. That's what they'll say. You don't have to go. You don't have to come to Florida. Where same thing with the U.S. Same thing with Gunther. That's why it took him years to to move to the U.S. And he wasn't even trying to live in the U.S. at all. No, but, he wasn't. He got divorced, and he was like, "All right." Yeah, yeah. He got divorced, got with Jenny, and then he yep. said, "All right, okay, sure." Yeah, yeah. That's the only way it, it happened. And uh, kind of game. He ain't getting a divorce, so I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 happen, he just had a baby, y'all. He just had a baby. That's not. But then, but then also, right, isn't Will Ospreay in the situation to himself that he basically could go to the UK like a lot of times, like where he's, you know, his schedule will fit that. Um, so I think that's why with, with uh, a, they'll do the same thing with, with Okada with Japan. So that would be the easiest route when it comes to that as well. 
Uh, we got a couple of more comments I wanted to highlight here. Uh, Vala B saying, I love the muscle training match. Calm down, SP3. No, I'm not going to calm down. That was trash. That was trash. I, I, I love some trash matches, too. That's fine. That's fine that you love some trash matches. I'm not going to watch it personally. So It was trash. I heard all I had to hear. I mean, yeah, it's uh but yeah. I will I will say I did stop watching after God versus Kenta and Chase because I was like, nah, I heard what happened with Evil and in Tama. I don't need to watch it. You, you, you <laughs> knew what was happening. You didn't have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I didn't I didn't have to watch it from the beginning, but then I heard it wasn't good. And I was like, nah, I'm not gonna watch it. I was like, I was like, maybe I'll watch it later after the show. I'm not gonna watch, I'm not gonna force myself to watch it before the show. You know what I did do? I rewatched Osprey and Alexander again. Which we'll talk I, about. Again. I still have to watch that once, so I oh will. My God. I will. Wait. I will disappear for that. <laughs> go, go watch it on YouTube. They got the full yeah. match without the commercials on YouTube. That's what I was I, waiting for. That's why I didn't watch it the night of. Yeah, I watched it the night of, which was a mistake because that Okada news totally distracted me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we also got uh, Myron Kid who says Gato was the best booker in wrestling for years until he hit that wall called COVID. Should have quickly invested your young homegrown instead of pushing the same old people. He's one hundred percent right that ever since the pandemic, it's been the same old with all these divisions. Okada in the heavyweight scene. Hiromu in the junior heavyweight scene. Abishamon in the tag team division. Like, it's been the same old, same old. The stuff that's been new and refreshing has been the stuff that has gotten over since the pandemic. Osprey as the IWGP heavyweight champion. Osprey as the U.S. champion. Zach as the TV champion. TMDK, United Empire. These new fresh things are the things that are getting over, and they just kept... They kept thinking that, oh, we'll just ride the stuff we know, the the, the reliable stuff, and that will bring us out of this doldrums, yeah. and it really has. I like that you bring up Haroma because I was talking about this uh, yesterday, trying to think of, like, what directions can New Japan go to because there's one of having to get stars over, but they're also going to have to try to pack crowds, right? That's the big thing in Japan is selling tickets and all roads lead to Wrestle Kingdom next year, obviously. I think whether he likes it or not, there has to be a serious consideration moving forward of making Hiromu Takahashi a heavyweight because he is so popular. Like he is, it's him and Naito now with Okada gone. Like those are your top two most popular wrestlers. Yeah. Hiromu's still very young, and I think he would greatly benefit from a change of scenery, right? We're talking about how he is always in the junior conversation. Having Hiromu enter the New Japan Cup and enter the G1, like these are things that are going to help the product rather than just having him wrestle the same guys in best of super juniors, so on and so forth. You can still have him in that because Osprey did that one year, right? He went from best of super juniors to the G1. That's what I think you have to do because there there is the we have to build up stars, but we also need to try and get people in the building ASAP, right? And that's their fault. They don't have those new stars already ready to do that. So you got to lean on the guys you do have. And to me, Hiromu is one of those guys. I think Hiromu, remember when Hiromu was in the New Japan Cup, was it two years ago? It was awesome. That was, that, that was the pandemic one. Yeah. And the yeah. crowd lost their minds when he beat Evil. It was so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. put put him up. Make him, like, I know he wants to be, his. he's so deterrent on junior wrestling. I get it. I get it. But New Japan needs him 
in a different spot rather than being Kamatachi and and going to DDT and going all these places. They are going to need him a lot more now. So that's one of my pitches besides, you know, getting the young guys over, which I feel like I've been talking with you about for uh, 365 plus days. uh, Yeah. Uh, but they also they also need to fill the spots that are leaving of Okada yeah. and Osprey. And uh, the reason, and we talked about it yesterday on the New Beginning preview, and you know, Scott, and kind of kind of even Kenny alluded to it for the New Japan fans. We've seen this happen before. This is now the third time this decade, and they've bounced there's back. Been a, every mass, time. A, a mass exodus of top stars, like. They did White this with, with the belt Nakamura, Nakamura and, and all these Nakamura Styles, Styles yeah. and Good Brothers left. What did they do? They elevated Kenny. Kenny immediately won the Intercontinental title. Naito wins the, the New Japan Cup and then wins the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. They did all of that in four months right after. Then with uh, the Elite, with the, uh, with the birth of AEW, the Elite left. You had Kenny, the Young Bugs, Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page, the Best Friends, uh, SE, all these people, even the people Everyone. ROH you were using, got took by AEW. What did they do? Immediately elevate Jay White. A month later, he wins the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. They start the ascent of Kota Ibushi to him winning the G1 later that year. They did all of that in the first four months. They got to deliver these first four months after this exit. They have to fill the spots that are being left and what they need to do. Zach needs to be the guy who beats Naito for the IWGP heavyweight championship. Probably at dominion would be the latest. I would do that. And Shingo is the guy that you put into that global title to make that title. He should be the guy that beats David Finley and then goes on the reign that makes that title. Shingo and Zach are the guys that fill the Okada and Osprey spots, in my opinion. I I get I get that. The only thing that I am worried about, and this is because of the past now, is that Zach does finally get his run, and then a year goes by, and he's gone again. Right? Like I, I don't think Zach is that guy. Though. I hope not. He but... he seems like he is Gaijin Naito. <laughs> He's and if, he loves Japanese wrestling. And he if that's tried, the truth. He tried the U.S. with the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. He'll visit in AEW, but we never see the over-the-top right. flirting that Tony Khan had did with, like, Will Ospreay and Okada. Yeah. We never see that with that. He's, he's the guy I'm trying to give a longer-term deal to, right? Because the top guys get long-term deals longer term they're not one year contracts if you could sign him to that then yeah you push him into that top spot no no about you have to push him into that top spot either way like you don't have a choice actually uh another thing that helped during those times when all these people left uh was the junior division the junior division was healthy and hot I talked about that because I, I I tested my guys on the New Japan podcast. I will test you two guys. Do you want to know? Do you remember what's the one match that elevated the entire junior division in 2016 after the exit of Nakamura, Styles, and the Good Brothers? Do you remember what it was? 2016. That elevated the entire division, and the division has been on a higher level ever since. Do you know what that match was? I keep thinking of the years later. So now I'm. No, you both. Was it Haromu? 
what was the match that went viral and got everybody to watch New Japan in 2016? Ricochet and Osprey. Uh-huh. After that yeah, match, yeah. it was never the same. Like, like yeah. I like I thought about that this week. I said it on the podcast yesterday. I had to yeah. say it here. That that took the junior. The junior division has not like because I had a whole debate earlier this week when um someone had told me that Suji and Shooter were in a better standing are in a better standing now than Omega was coming out of being the top heel of the junior heavyweight division before he yeah. got elevated in 2016. I was like, no, that's bullshit. But they did make a good point. They did make a good point of saying, when you say, oh, Kenny Omega for the last year before bec- becoming a heavyweight, he was in the top feud with uh, Kushida. People have a misconception if they're just a modern fan that we're talking about the junior heavyweight division of today. And that's yeah. not what it was in 2015. But right. 2016, that match, Ricochet and Osprey, yeah. that took it. And we've had oh. it gone up and up since then with Hiromu and El Desperado and Kushida and all these all these guys that have made it bigger. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and you look at the 2019 best of the super juniors. That's the one I always like to look at, right? So the the AEW guys are gone. The twenty the twenty nineteen best of super juniors is one of the best tournaments. It had Dragon Lee, Will Osprey, Bandito. The list goes on and on and on. If you can recapture the greatness of the junior division, which we got a hint of last year, the last year's junior that was probably my second favorite outside of right. 2019 was last year's. Uh, it was so good, and I, I think that's what they got to lean back on, especially with the heavyweight side of things not being as strong as it has been. Uh, they know. Here's here's the thing about this whole conversation: they know what to do. They've done it. It's the problem of they haven't done these things in years now, right? It's been four years since I think Gato was a great booker, right? The 2020 Wrestle Kingdom was his. That that happened, and he was like, all right, I'm done. Have a good time, everybody. No, no, no. The New Beginning Tour, that New Beginning show that had Mox and Suzuki and and Dragon Lee. Yeah, that was up there, too. But I'm just going to call it Wrestle Kingdom to make my life easier. Uh, (laughs) But you're absolutely right. But it's been nothing ever since. Like, you need to prove to me. This is the year. Go win Booker of the Year. Go prove that you're deserving of that title ever again. You know? And I don't know know if he is. Yeah. I don't know if he is. Oh, right. Had Shingo, too. Duh. Yeah. Shingo Osprey. Yeah. That's, That's still my favorite tournament final of any tournament ever. That it, it it was absolutely stacked, and New Japan has so many great relationships that they act. And I'm not talking about AEW. That relationship takes a lot from them. I I don't want to talk about that relationship right now. But they have relationships with Impact, TNA, whatever the hell it's called, uh, CMLL. You want to talk about a, a company you should be using more to your advantage? Hello, I looked at the Fantastic Mania card. I was like, "Yes, hope something." <laughs> and it's like you look at the card. It's like, oh, they they put Tanahashi on it. That's it. All right. Yep. Yep. Which is like, it's just so frustrating. But like, when the best of Super Juniors comes around, you need you have Bandito and Dragon Lee in that 2019 one. All right, give me Teton and Mascara Dorada. 
This yeah. guy that's making waves right now. The guy that got the first ever five star match from Dave in CML history, which is absurd to say a lot. That is uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I saw I, that too. I got I gotta watch that match. I might it's very you. good, but I I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up for a link later. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I when I saw the five stars, I was like, that one. To be fair, it's been very confusing this week because I, I when he when he gave Osprey and Okada for Battle in the Valley, I was like, great match. Not five stars. Not but not five. It's like it's oh, like he, he was there in the building, wasn't he? He he blindly just gives five stars because it's Osprey. I think he was in the building, so I guess I'll give him a little leeway there because, like, you know, sometimes you experience things, it's different, but yeah, it was not five stars. Uh but yeah, I, I'm focused on the junior division. I'm focused on these relationships you've created, um, and I'm I'm focusing on just getting these young guys ready to go. But you know, with the Booker like Gato, I'm not getting my hopes up. It's always a catch twenty two with young Gato San. But I think there's we nothing have... young about that man. <laughs> well, we've done enough talking about uh, Okada, but we do have one more super chat donation from Will Chisholm. He says uh, the last. Six months is just uh, the last six months just feel weird uh, between New Japan and Stardom. Sometimes feels like uh, Stardom Booker uh, has heat with AEW, then it's the Julia stuff, and now Okada. Is it really all because the money is low? The yen is down. The yeah, yen is down. down, so that's why a lot of people are leaving uh, the promotion. I mean, you could tell us more about the last six months of stardom feeling weird, but uh, well, weird. She wrote mess going on. So. New Japan. I always said I've, I've said the last six months throughout this whole thing, this period of feeling weird with New Japan. It all started with the G1. He fucked yeah. up the placement of the G1, and they haven't recovered since. But stardom, guys, got. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have Kidani apologizing at 24 7 now which of course is the uh guy who runs uh bushi road um it it comes down to money but it all comes down to like if you if you read the observer a few months ago you, you i'm sure you read about the bushi road uh fight president who got um removed and he got replaced by uh taro okada that was a big problem going on in the stardom situation. But yeah, there stardom has had a good start to the year, obviously, but um, it, there seems to be just something disconnected with Bushi road. No, like it's not just the promotions. I think the promotions know what they're doing. Yeah. The yen is down. So like wrestlers, if they want, if they want to go to America, they're going to, and that's a, that's a big thing too. Right. Like I think, I think it's very over done by some fans like, Oh, the yen is down. They're all going to go to America. They did make not want to go to America. Like, I don't know if people know that like moving across the world and wrestling isn't for everyone. no, it's not I mean, the most popular wrestler in new in, in Japan has no part of him that wants to go to America. Naito is perfectly happy wrestling yes. in Japan. You know, it's like it, it all depends, but I do think there's a disconnect with Bushi road right now. And they're just trying to figure it out. Right. Cause Okada leaving is the ultimate and, and Okada leaving is bad for Japanese wrestling. It's 100%. just, it's bad. You lose Okada. You, you, you lose the leader of, the clubhouse you lose you lose the guy that was at all together again saying like you know leading the final chant and 
it is tough. And there's just there's just way too many questions right now that we don't have answers to. Like, I don't know how New Japan bounces back. There's an obvious answer of how they should bounce back, but it's going to take time. And I will say, as someone who has followed stardom for a while, one thing that they always have done when wrestlers have left, they lost Io Shirai, they lost Kairi, uh, you know, Julia's the next one out the door. They always have their young stars ready to go. Yeah, That's the one thing that all these promotions could really learn from, is having your young talent ready for the next step when it's time to step up. Yeah. I think that New Japan is going to have to learn that the hard way now, but we shall see how they do that. But until then, we must bid Scott adieu. Thank you so much, Scott, for joining us on last minute notice. I want to let the people know, uh, give them an opportunity to follow you on social media, learn everything you're doing at Five Star Media, Fightful. You're all over the place. Let the people know where they can see you. Yeah, you can follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer to call it. Um, I do the Five Star Joshi Show on podcast platforms. You can just look it up or Fight Game Media Network. That's the best way to find it. I also do Stardom Road if you want to learn about the history of stardom. Uh, what else do I do? I do Ring Post Radio every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Uh, over on the Count Up Podcast Network live feed. You can also probably find it on my Twitter, I'm sure this technology that makes it go out there and i don't pay attention uh but yeah thank you for having me i I greatly appreciate i can't wait to keep talking about okada and my sadness and we're gonna we're we're gonna have you back on to read when we do the true hill heat flagship of after okada signs so we can okay when we get that all elite logo yeah when we get the all elite logo when we have the the wrestlemania debut we're going to have Scott E on. I've said it here first. All right. I'll be there. I'll be there. Brother, thank you as always for joining us. That is Scott E Wrestling. Go out of your way to follow him for all your Joshi coverage, New Japan coverage. This man watches everything. WWE, AEW. Go over and follow him. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Have sir. A good one. Now we must enter. You know where we're entering, Josh? The Converse. We're into the Converse because we got to talk about AEW Dynamite this week. AEW Dynamite did 891,000 viewers, their highest 18 to 49 demo 0.33 since the Grand Slam edition of the show. And a lot of that came down to the main event, Samoa Joe defeating Hook in a tremendous nine-minute main event that featured Hook being slammed into a table, getting the muster buster, and kicking out at one to a huge pop from the crowd in South Carolina. Hook looked like he was on the verge of victory before Samoa Joe choked him out post-match. Hook got on his feet until Joe laid him out with a second muscle buster, but Hook got back to his feet again until Joe came back. However, Hangman Adam Page came out and made the save before Joe uh, bailed. And Swerve Strickland came out to stare down with the champ and his rival as Samoa Joe was worried about all the people gunning for him. Christian Cage beat Dustin Rhodes in a good opener to retain the TNT title, even though people should have been more pissed at Dustin Rhodes kicking out of the kill switch than Hook kicking out the muscle buster at one. I'll just say that. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta beat uh, Commander Penta El Zero Middle in a rock-solid tag team match. 
post-match, Roderick Strong and the Undisputed Kingdom came down to interrupt the best friend's hug, and Roddy challenged OC for the AEW International Championship at AEW Revolution. Deanna Perazzo defeated Anna Jay post-match. Uh, Renee Paquette interviewed Deanna about her past and friendship with Timeless Tony Storm, who was on commentary, and she was spectacular thinking that Ian Riccoboni was a young Tony Schiavone. And then she got on the mic after Deanna Peraza talked about their past and their friendship and said she was going to sock her in the box. Yep. Bullet Club Gold picked up the win, uh, defeating Mogul Embassy to win the ROH six-man tag team titles thanks to an assist from Anthony Bowens of the Acclaim. And finally, the Young Bucks cut their first promo since their return where they discussed taking their job as EVPs more seriously and thinking Sting doesn't fit the original mission statement of AEW, so that's why they are targeting him. What did you think about this week's AEW Dynamite Hook and Samoa Joe war draws, but what did you think about the show overall, including that main event? Um, it was a great show. Um, <clears throat> like, I said, like, I, like I've stated before, a lot of the, I don't know, I'll, I'll call it unnecessary bullshit AEW's gotten. They put on great shows. They're pretty, very consistent, like, with their shows. And I felt like this wasn't any different. Um, it's a great main event. I love the main event. Uh, I know there was people complaining about, like, the whole kick out, kick, kicking out of one thing, you know, at the, you know, you know what it is when it comes to that is so many people are trying to gatekeep of what what professional wrestling is supposed to be or what's right or wrong and shit. I didn't think that's just what it comes down more to. I didn't have a problem with the with the with the one kick out. I thought it was great because it got the crowd back into it. It built a momentum for Hook, but then also the overall is the whole match. We already knew Hook wasn't winning, but the whole point of the match was to put Hook over in a loss, and that's what Samoa Joe did. Still made Samoa Joe look strong, and it put Hook over in a loss. That's That was the whole point of the main event. And also, uh, Samoa, Samoa Joe wasn't injured, so that's also a good thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, what was the other stuff that came about? Um, what I, did you think yeah. about the Young Bucks promo? Oh, the Young Bucks promo was good. Um, it's just funny that they've they've always been good when it comes to getting like becoming heels and like what they need to be heels in the moment for. I felt like I feel like this is no different, and their reasoning going after Sting is just pretty hilarious. Like, oh, he doesn't fit our mission statement <laughs> because of the company. It's hilarious. Uh, but I do like the choice, like. It, it it did make me like the choice of the Young Bucks and you know Sting. I was never against it because I was like, the Young Bucks are gonna make them look good. But I felt like the promo itself, like it's doing favors for the for the build up when it comes to that. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I know Jimmy Macaram did it, but I expected him not to. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I mean, it's you you know what it is too when it comes to that when you already dislike something or dislike. Someone. Yeah, there's nothing. There's literally nothing they can do. Like they could, they, yeah. like 
like so Jimmy tried to explain why it's not good, and I was like, if it's enjoyable, I think it's good. Like, and he tried to debate me that I didn't think it was good. Like, no, no, it was good. It was good. It's just again, when you have this mindset of if, you, if there's somebody you don't like, then you're just gonna trash everything they do. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy's no exclusion to that. I've seen it multiple times from him. There's a lot of things I don't agree with what he says because his thing is already he already you know what it is he already he's already made up his mind on a lot of things. So yeah. it was like there's no there, there, there's no convincing him no. of no. what he's gonna like or not like, and that's fine. But just don't try to like be about it. You know what I mean? Just say it. Just you know run with it. That's what you want to. You know that's how you feel. Run with it. Don't try to try to. You know, try to do this Jedi mind trick of like, oh, well, why it wasn't good. We just, we all know why you don't he, like. He, he tries to Jedi mind trick me into not liking something that he doesn't like. That and it doesn't work. <laughs> and it never works. No, I know it never does. It never really works. But he, because, he yeah, because, 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 because even well, in, in a sense, like we've never shied away from like, if there's something that we like, we'll say it. But if something yeah. comes about and it's bad, then it's bad. Like I've never shied away from that like when it comes to, to tony khan do i think he gets a lot of shit more than usual yes there are there things you could criticize him for yes but the whole aspect of like oh tony khan was always a bad booker and this is a general statement this is a general twitter thing this is a general social media thing where people try to like inline themselves up like tony khan's a bad booker and all this stuff where that was that wasn't always the case in my opinion and also, uh, we've seen worse. We've seen a and lot I, and worse. I, and I, I always, I always say the booking got much worse when he had too much on his plate. When he, yeah, Ring of Ring of Honor. That's when it all, it all kind of fell apart. It got shaky. Yeah, 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 it got shaky. Um, and I think I feel like it's gotten back to course ever since the Continental kind of Classic. Like once they got announced, yeah. I felt like it's been, it's getting better. Like it's, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, more things are getting in line. Now, the only thing I would say for TK is I would want him to be more committed to storylines. If you're going to start with something, be committed to it. I think that's the only real criticism I have with him. Like, for example, like when the sometimes when he does the stables, sometimes the stables split apart and we don't even notice they split apart until like somebody mentions it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's something that he has to like, you're going to go about that, then make it clear like, all right, this is what's happening, right? That's a, that's the biggest criticism I have for Tony Khan. Now, yeah, when it comes to yeah, and then now it's it's gonna be more interesting to see what he does with Hook. Now, I don't expect Hook to be always being a title picture, but I think if you still make him look good, you still make him look prominent to the point that it's like, all right, this kid is probably gonna be a world champion next year. I think then then you're doing your job. I just don't want people to expect like. What what happened on Wednesday? Like, all right, he's gonna get the he's gonna be next in line for the world championship. Cause I think that would be the worst, that'll be the worst decision they would make. You already have other people in line, you have Swerve in line. I think he's still I think he should still be the next champion. You know what I mean? This 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 was everything you could have wanted out of this matchup. It drew a great rating. You started Samoa Joe's title reign on a good note, and it feels like Hook could get back. To where he was because yes. the past year did nothing. It kept Hook on in the same place, and he got less over. Uh, this yeah, he got felt over. 
He got and thrown it. in. He got thrown finally thrown into the deep end, which me and Jimmy have been saying for months. We wanted that to happen for Hook because that's what he needed. He got thrown into the deep end and he swam and he showed a different side of himself that he could play the underdog babyface. Yeah, and, and also what I've liked what they've what they've been doing with like his talking. His talking has gotten better. Like yeah, you know, and I think what they. You know, like the way they approach it, I think that that's what they should go by. You shouldn't do these long-winded promos. Do it, keep it short, sweet, simple. You're getting straight to the point. Boom, that's how you do it. Because I think sometimes we're certain people, like uh, Sammy Guevara is one of them. I could come to mind. Like Sammy Guevara could cut a promo maybe for like two minutes. Anything past that is kind of like, oh, bro, like just get to the straight to the fucking point. You know what I mean? So I think like. With Hook, they what they've been doing with Hook, just do that. Uh, even when he says like just one word or whatever, just keep it like that because that's that's his that's his niche. When he came into the company, he didn't say one word for how many months. You know what I mean? It so, was a like, <laughs> so you keep it like that, and then maybe like more and more, like you could kind of make him like his dad because remember his dad. He will cut like these these crazy promos, his own dad, where it's like, yo, Kevin's old open promos on ECW yep. pay per views where he's just talking shit. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Goldberg, they got shit on me. Uh, like, yo, yo I, was, <laughs> I was a kid and I was like, oh my God, this guy's the baddest yep. on the yep. planet. And that's something like, you, have you noticed? That's kind of. Similar, like him and his dad, they're very similar when it comes to that. Because Tad, Taz, there was a point of his career where he wasn't cutting promos. He was just going out there with a towel, just whooping ass. Hook was kind of the same way, and then they slowly started making him talk more. So there's similarities. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, he's gonna be like his dad, but there's similarities there. Um, obviously, there's a big difference with like the structure of like both of their work, like the both how they look and their structure of work. Like, you know, their body of work, but um, that's something I think that they should keep in mind. Like, all right, don't try to make something Hook is not. Keep him what he's what he's about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we got some news to discuss coming out of Dynamite. I 100% agree with Josh, though. Like, gotta, it's all about the follow-up now with Hook, for sure. Uh, but we got more to talk about because we talked about Keshiko Okada possibly coming to AEW. But we got to talk about the other big name that people are saying might be coming to AEW. Yes, it's time for the Mercedes Watch. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Mercedes Monet is still expected to arrive in AEW at some point, possibly as soon as February. The belief is that she is going to come in when she finishes up her acting commitments this month. The report also noted that even though talks didn't progress past in uh, back in December, there are some in WWE who now believe there's a good chance she appears at the Royal Rumble. Uh, I will note that someone posted this report on social media and Sean Rossap who has been very adamant that everybody believes that is 90% sure Mercedes Monet will or will debut in AEW. He basically put an emoji of Sh Shannon Sharp laughing at that report. Yeah, like Shannon Sharp shaking his head and laughing and saying, "Nope, that's not the that's not the real deal." So, wh where where are you going to put it on? Where do you want to put like this is where you believe 
Mercedes Monet will debut in AEW? Uh, I'm going to say maybe before Revolution or or the pay per view. I'm going to say at Revolution now. At Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm leading with. Because even though I made the joke, I was like, Okada, they're going to announce Okada signing that Revolution. You heard it here first. If they do that, if they're to do both of them, that would be similar to like all to all, all out. out. Yeah. That would be similar to that. Um, I mean, I mean, be at the show, so I wouldn't be against that. I'd be like, uh, I'm, I'm, do I'm, it. I'm here do for it. it. I'm do about it. to get my flight next week, yeah. dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, do it, do it. Because I already got my fight, flight booked. I already got everything. So I'm like, so I'm like, I wouldn't be against that. Um, I still think she is going to show up in AEW. I just think that's, I don't know. But when it comes to WWE, I think that's just fillers. Like they're just trying to like, they're trying to convince themselves. No, she's still going to come back. They're still trying to convince themselves. Uh, I just don't see it happening just because again, there's a big disconnect with Mercedes and, and WWE. And I think a lot of people really don't understand like the magnitude war I'm coming from when it comes to this. She left on bad terms. They wanted to bring her back after she left on bad terms. They said, no, you're not worth, you're, you're not worth Becky money. Then, you know, she does her thing in Japan. The whole thing was like, oh yeah, this is going to be like her. Well, I forgot. We, oh, this is a phase. When she yeah. finishes her phase, yeah, she's going to come that. back. She's going to come back. Right. So, and then the second time, you had her try to come back. You basically said the same thing. No, you're not. You're not worth this month. Like you're not worth it. And then to they me, keep, they keep telling her that. Yeah, and it's like to me, once you do it, I think once was bad enough. But once you do it again, to me, that's kind of like, I think Mercedes is better off just doing what she's still doing, in my opinion. Uh, and then when it comes to AEW, I mean, it's just. Uh, She's going to be easily the number one woman when, when she gets there. That's like, there's no doubt about it. That's no, you know, and I think that's why it's a great, regardless of people want to say, oh, no, it's, you know, it's a bad decision. She's making a huge mistake. I really don't think she would be making a big mistake. Why? Because she's going to be treated. <laughs> this is what they need for the women's division, even though it's gotten better. It's gotten way better. The moments of division. But you need you need better. kind of like the you need the star player. Yep. Like they, they got a, they got a whole bunch of people that are on like a certain level, but they don't have that tippy top tier talent yet. They got they got people that are very talented and are, are finding themselves and getting more over. Like Timeless Tony Storm was one of the highlights of Dynamite this week. Just her being on the mic, just being her character, and she feels like the biggest woman star that they have right now, but she's not on the level of Mercedes Monet. You know, kind of reminds me of, you You might disagree with this, it kind of reminds me of my New York Knicks, right? They're a good team. They become better, right? Jalen Brunson has become a star. Julius Randle has become way better than he's been in his career, but let's be real, they're still missing that big giant piece. in the. They room. don't have a superstar. Yeah. They yeah. don't have that big star that they need to put them over the top. This That's what the women's division reminds me of. They've done a great job building certain characters. They've been they've done a great job uh, showing... They, they've done a great job showcasing the women, too, because they've been showing up a lot in segments. Like We're talking about like 10, 11, 12 women showing yeah. up in segments. So they've been... Putting a more focus on that too. I think a lot of people just 
don't focus on that because they kind of look the other direction like, oh, because this happened two years ago, I'm not going to, you know, like that's their mindset. Like, oh, well, it's never been great. And they can never change. <laughs> they can never do yeah, exactly. anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so I think she's still going to show up, but then also to point out, because a lot of people don't actually know this, um, your friend, Andrew, what's his last name? He has Andrew a, yeah, Andrew, um, he did a podcast not so long ago that the reason why he's standing on this, why she's going to show up is because he was told something that he was sworn not to reveal. He was told not to throw out there. And he's standing by it. This is what he told SRS. This is why both guys have been like, nope, that's not happening. This is you, what's happening. You, you want to know what I think it is? What? He, like, Zarian has made it no secret. His sources, a lot of times, for AEW are in WBD. I think WBD yeah. knows Mercedes Design. That's what I think it is. What happened? I think WBD knows that Mercedes is signed with AEW because WBD is probably going to do something with Mercedes in 2024. Oh, that makes sense. But I, I do know, like, because I know what Andrew, I know he does have major sources, like, within uh, WBD. Um, he's, you know, that's why he's been great. So that's why when he says something, it's like, oh, shit. Something's coming up. I gotta hit so. you making me when I hit I'm gonna hit Darian up. That's my New York brother. And we were on <laughs> we were on yeah, the week. We, so, we, were yeah. talk, we were talking about getting bootleg uh wrestling tapes when we were kids in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like he yeah, he said it. He was like he was told something, he was told not to uh to, you know to his journalism, you know, integrity. He was told not to not to throw the information out there. Uh, and both guys, SRS and Andrew, know what's going on, and they've kept quiet. But not only kept quiet, but SRS has been firm on it. He's been like, nope, that's not happening. She's still going to AW. I think she's still going because this is what I was told. Something, 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 and I'm sticking with that. So that when people try to like use this whole thing like, oh, well, you said she was showing up. He, uh, immediately, you said she was showing up this week, which is like, no, that's not what he said. And then I think people kind of take the term immediately to em eminently. No, they take eminently as immediately, which is yeah. two different things. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah, and then even immediately, I think it's e even if you're using it that term, it doesn't mean next week. No, that week. it doesn't mean that. It and just eminently, means eminently basically means pending. Yep. Yeah, which means it could be two months. It could be, which I, I mean, they're not going to wait that long, but it's just, that's just what it is. It's like, did again, they know something that they're not saying. They have every right to do that because again, that's their careers on the line. So they're, and they, they stuck by it. So I respect it. Yeah, I do too. And I, you know, those are two guys I have a great deal of respect for. I got to hit up Andrew to come back on the show. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good brother. Always have fun talking to him. Uh, but let's talk about another free agent that apparently was backstage at Dynamite this week. He's got to add another Affinity Stone. My Lord, he's going to the NWI Infinity Stone. 
Camille was backstage at this week's AEW Dynamite. Camille is the former NWA Women's World Champion. She was backstage in Charleston, South Carolina. Camille is believed to have been visiting friends at the show, and uh, those that the site spoke to haven't confirmed whether she signed a deal as of yet. She is a free agent at the start of the year, and WWE has reportedly had interest in her. The company was expected to make an offer to her to join NXT. Now, my question to you, Josh, is, is this like Tony Khan's big bid to change the perception war? Because we've been talking about this whole big perception war and how AEW got battered in the perception war. I had to switch it up. I noticed that we weren't talking about money anymore. Um, They have lost the perception war throughout ever since All Out. It's been like an 18-month, two-year process of them just getting battered in the perception war with how Tony Khan handled the brawl-out situation. You know, the falling ratings, the falling ticket attendance, and a lot of that, you know, they haven't had the big signings that they did in like early 2022 and the late part of 2021 that alleviated a lot of like any complaints that anybody had at AEW at this time. But then you're starting off 2024 with... Well, Osprey's about to come in next month. Deanna Parrazzo just signed. They've got the rumors of Mercedes Monet coming in. Now they're the favorite to pick up Kashiko Okada. you got Camille backstage. Is all of these free agents maybe Tony Khan's bid to change the perception war? And if they are able to get all these free agents and use them properly, do you think that they can change their perception to some of the people out there. Like we said before, there's going to be those people that are just anti-AEW and it doesn't matter what they do, they'll be anti-AEW. But do you think some people will think of AEW and look at them as more of a hot commodity if they're signing all these free agents that WWE had interest in? Uh, I think so. Uh, As in like how much, I don't know. Because there's, again, like you said, there's people with the mindset of, Oh, yeah, no matter what they do, it's not going to change anything, right? And that's kind of what I've seen with Mercedes, for example, where people are like, oh, she's going to be making a huge mistake. And it's like, what mistake exactly? Because if she goes back to WWE, she's going to be in the same fucking position she was but when she left, you know? And she's not going to be the top star. Let's let's be fucking real. They're going to treat her like, oh, yeah, big surprise. Did you bring her to the Royal Oh, yeah, that's a big surprise. Like, oh, yeah, you get the pop and all this stuff. But then besides that, it's like, well, you're going to put on the program with Bailey again and go nowhere. You know, like, what does that – that's not going to do shit. You know what I mean? But people don't see it that way. They don't see what AW has been doing. They, they don't see, you know – and it's I mean, it's unfortunate just because, again, like – I don't think shit is as bad as people are making it out to be. But it's like you, if if you so fucking go on Twitter, you would think, you you would think, fucking AEW's falling apart like WCW did, and that's not the case at all. TNT, I mean WBD, loves their relationship with AEW. And remember, the perception before that was like, oh well, they're gonna, you know, like oh no, they're talking to WWE, they might lose their TV deal. I guess it's not all good. But then when Tony Khan said the relationship was good, nobody believed it. But then yeah, yeah when WBD put out their their thing about the numbers and like, you know, like stuff they have been doing, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I think they're just saying that for press. It's like, no, shut the fuck up. Because the reason why I don't buy into that is because when Fox 
made it clear they weren't renewing their deal with SmackDown, they said why. They said, we felt like the investment, we didn't get back the investment with what we paid for. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. then it's like, it's just, again, it's this whole perception. And I think big part of it, too, is because of what Tony Khan does on Twitter. People take that. I think I think people fall that lean on that weight a little too much. It's like, guys, it's fucking Twitter at the end of the day. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't make a big deal of that because I lived through Eric Bischoff yeah. and Bissick Van in the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, but then yeah, but I think all these signings will like it. It will in a way, uh, but then it's gonna help AEW as well. Like not only present presentation wise, but it's gonna create more jobs for people, you know. And that's what I like about it. And that's why AEW. You know, being the wrestling company that it is, it created new jobs. It's done a lot of great things, regardless of what people want to look into. Uh, them getting rid of Punk was a great decision. I still stand by that. And I'm a CM Punk fan. And I still stand by that. I still think it was a great decision. I, I do, too, because Punk didn't <laughs> want to be there. Yeah, exactly. Don't you, If you, somebody doesn't want to be there, they don't want to be there. You're not going to keep them. Andrade was the same way. He didn't want to be there. So they're like, all right, we're going to let you go. They didn't bury the guy. They didn't do anything crazy to the guy, right? No, nah, they put him in the Continental Classic. People were yeah. complaining about that. Uh, but but I, I mean, that was like the best thing he's done. So I mean, like, but you know what I mean? So again, that's all in the perception, the perception of certain things where it's like, no, like they've been doing great things. Look at Swerve. They turned his career around. Like, look at yeah. that. Look, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so, like, the list goes, there's a lot of people that left WWE that have improved their career by siding with right. AEW. Right, so I think like what you said, like it, it will, but then it's like it's it's gonna be the percept of like what how they're gonna handle it. Because I honestly think that even if the AW if they do get Kazushka Okada, it's gonna be frowned upon with a lot of WWE fans. But then the moment they sign them, oh yeah, we got our guy, we got this. But then yeah, you see the post from like last year. Oh, Okada doesn't know how to cut a promo. Why do they need this guy? But then the moment he signs, oh, yeah, they did the same thing with Jade. Yeah. Jade, oh, she can't wrestle for shit. Why would they sign her? Once she signed, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that's your that's your girl all of a sudden. Yeah, like, we got her. We got the big signing, right? You know what I mean? So I think in that aspect, when it comes to WWE, with their fans, that's why it's pretty toxic, to be honest with you, when it comes to that. With AEW fans, you don't really don't see that. Now, am I saying they're any better? No, because there's a lot of shit they bitch about, too, that's kind of toxic. But it's just more of like, I don't think it's as bad as WWE fans. But I think in the morale aspect of like talent, the people that actually matter, it will definitely change up for AEW. Well, we got two more news notes to get to before we get into Rampage and Collision from last week. Uh, Wednesday night's episode of AEW Dynamite had the return of two faces that not a lot of people took note of in Chuck Taylor and Ray Phoenix. Uh, they were in the corners of Orange Cassidy and Treparetta and Penta El Zero Metal and Commander, respectively. However, this was not the original plan. In a video posted to social media before the episode aired, it was noted that the plan was for best friends versus Lucha Bros, but neither uh, Chuck Taylor nor Ray Phoenix were cleared to compete, so changes were made. In a video, Trent noted that Chuck was hurt worse than they thought, and while Chuck said his ankle was jammed up and Ray Phoenix has been out with various injuries since about October. Meanwhile, the, the 
cleaner Kenny Omega. We got an update on him as well this week from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. They report that Kenny is currently advertised for the March 20th episode of AEW Dynamite in Toronto. He is on the poster for the event alongside Will Ospreay, Swerve Strickland, Timeless Tony Storm, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, Soraya, Orange Cassidy, Adam Copeland, Christian, and Julia Hart. However, it is unlikely that... Kenny Omega will be back by then as he is still dealing with his diverculitis. While Dave, uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. was hit with diverculitis and appendices uh, at the same time, then returned not long after, Omega's situation is arguably worse. Uh, Smith was able to uh, get surgery right away, which aided in his recovery. Omega, meanwhile, has such severe inflammation that surgery wasn't possible when he announced his leave of absence. At this time, Omega still hasn't had the surgery. A decision will be made about surgery in seven weeks. If they decide he needs it, it will put him out of action for a longer period of time than originally thought. And there is currently no word on when he will be able to return. Fightful Select adds that he is not factored into current AEW creative plans and the company as has no idea when he'll be back, which... It's definitely sad. I mean, Kenny Omega is always going to be a missed part of the roster. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, I hope he takes as much time as he needs before he comes back. Oh yeah, me too. It, it keeps him away from that stupid ass storyline. John Collis, good fucking Chris Jericho verse. I hate that shit. We got our good friend Nate Milton in the chat who says, what's up, fam? Is it a coincidence that the booking seems to be getting back on track now that the perfunery of MJF isn't taking up all the oxygen? TK still has too much on his plate, though. I, I'll be honest, Nate. I think that you, Sat, and a lot of other people over-exaggerate the uh, MJF tracking yeah. down uh, the, yeah. the, show, the show the show had a lot of problems outside of MJF. MJF was very rarely my issues with AEW Dynamite, and I feel like a lot of people need to make a big deal over all the other stuff that Tony Khan gets wrong, and not just MJF, because it seems like that's people's only complaints about everything. Yeah, and then also that's also kind of on MJF, because MJF is the one that's throwing out the ideas. Like a lot of the stuff has come from from NJF, so that's he has he he has to take part of that as well. You could say, oh yeah, you can put on Tony Khan because he's he's the one that's okay in it, but that's also on MJF himself. I just don't I don't know I, I don't I don't agree with that. <laughs> I know. Nate says TK is his own worst enemy a lot of the time. Like bruh. Like bruv, I guess. Uh, I would do. How are you so smart yet so clueless when it comes to public perception? Man needs Herb uh, Edwards to tell him to stay off of Twitter. I don't think him being on Twitter is an issue either. It works. Like we we did it. We talked about it last week, Nate. Like this tweet got eight million views. It did what it wanted to, and that tweet led to WWE possibly ruining the WrestleMania 40 uh, main event. So I'm just I'm just saying. Why are we still complaining about Tony Khan being on Twitter? How about we complain about his shit poor booking? And just blame it on MJF. It's Tony Khan. He's not a very good booker. It is what it is. I mean, he's better than he's better than Eric Bischoff in booking. I'll tell you that much. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. 
I mean, that's a low bar, but that is true. Uh, but yes, let's uh, move on to. I'm, I'm sorry for, for yelling. I know when people people get upset at me when I start yelling or going to my Stephen A. voice, uh, as they say. But we gotta move on to AEW Rampage from this week. What is this? Claire coming in. It was like a whole big. That was weird. Uh, AEW Rampage from last night. Crazy main event. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Josh. Oh, I Darby. did. I did. I did. I did. Darby Allen beating Jeff Hardy in an insane relaxed rules main event. Uh, Darby picking up the win with a wrestling move at that uh, to get the win as well. Uh, in the post-match, Darby extended his hand in respect to Jeff Hardy, but Jeff Hardy turned him down and walked away. Heel Jeff Hardy and heel Hardys is actually something I can get behind. Uh, you then had Chris Statlander. She defeated Queen Aminata uh, with... Our boy Stokely Hathaway in his corner and in her corner in a very good matchup. And then you also had Chris Jericho beat Matt Seidel in a solid bout. Meanwhile, over on AEW Collision, AEW Collision last Saturday, you had the House of Black defeating FTR and Daniel Garcia in a, oh man, this match was fantastic, fantastic trio's main event. Uh, Post-match, FTR and Garcia stood tall against the House of Black after giving a triple shatter machine to Brody King uh, to stand tall in the end to continue that rivalry as well. Adam Copeland had his latest Cope Open, beating Lee Moriarty in a rock-solid bout. Uh, then you had the Mogul Embassy. They picked up a win over Lance Archer and the Righteous to retain the Ring of Honor World six-man tag team titles. Then made their challenge to Bullet Club Gold, which didn't turn out great, as we saw, we heard earlier. Deanna Perazzo picked up her first win in AEW, tapping out Red Velvet in a pretty decent matchup. And Hangman Adam Page put on a low-key banger, a nice little heavyweight subfest with J.D. Drake in Norfolk, Virginia, in his home state of Virginia here. And then you had AEW Battle of the Belt 9. That crazy, another crazy matchup uh, from AEW this week was that insane um, street fight for the AEW tag team titles as you had Ricky Starks and Big Bill retaining against Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Thanks to help from the Don Callis families, Kanosuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs helping them get the win. You also had Julia Hart. She picked up the win to retain the TBS championship over Anna Jay. And in the main event, Orange Cassidy beat Preston Vance to retain the AEW international championship. Post-match, Roger Strong and Undisputed Kingdom confronted OC. Any thoughts on Collision, Battle of the Belts, or Rampage from last night? Um, Rampage, I mean, Darby Allen is uh, he's, he's always trying to out, uh, he's always trying to outdo his uh, his antics. Uh, as insane as and great it is to see, I always get worried with Darby's uh, Ouch. how how he's gonna be 10 15 years from now. Uh, I just can't help it. To, to worry about that it's just it is what it is um but if he's going through it and he's you know he's acceptive of that i can't you know i can't be against it um no but it was a good episode of rampage i thought it was great stokely's fucking entertaining as fuck like uh 
That backstage segment, oh my god. I had Jimmy hit me up instantly when he saw it. That backstage segment had me rolling. He was like, he was like, you need to be taking a real airline. Why are you taking Soul Plane? I was like, yo, this dude is outlandish. I love it. Yeah, I was like, he's been great. Like, I don't like ever since he's been given like this platform of of like what, what he could do, like, yo, he's been he's been great. Um collision, I Collision, I thought was kind of boring, to be honest with you. It was just a, it was a mud match show. It was yeah, main yeah, it was just the main event was great. Battle of the Butts wasn't bad either. Um, I, feel, I feel I feel like you could from both shows. All you need to watch is the main event of Collision and the opener from Battle of the Belts. Yeah, you could say that. Um, even though like I thought like Vance had a nice showing too. Like yeah. we got to see more events. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, the tag team match was great too. It's just. Oh man, this whole thing with Jericho is just like it's be, it's too distracting. Like even though they kind of did a better job of like, hey, let's start in the outside and you know, kind of got away from the crowd a lot. I think that's where they kind of did a good job of like not having the crowd affected too much when it comes to that stuff. But it's too noticeable, man. Like you know, it it's unfortunate, but every time he's gonna be on TV, that's what's gonna happen now until whatever happens, right? Um, no, but I thought it was a good week for, for AW. Uh, like I yeah. said, I enjoyed Rampage. Rampage was good. Some good episodes overall. We got Nate in the chat again saying, Brother Nero versus Baby Sting was the sequel to Looper <laughs> or Gemini Man that we never knew or we needed. Yeah, yo, they have great chemistry with one another. And I'm actually looking forward to now Sting and Darby versus the Hardys possibly on, on the episode of Dynamite in the next month. I'll be down for that. Uh, we had some news coming out of those shows, though, some new AEW signings. But let's talk about a former AEW star as we have an update on Andrade El Idolo uh, following his departure from AEW. Uh, we have an update as uh, according to a report from Fightful, uh, while Andrade uh, originally signed with AEW for a two-year deal in 2021, he had more time added on due to his layoff, due to injury as a result that ended up uh, extending his deal through the end of 2023. AEW talents reportedly said that Andrade often spoke openly about his contract status and that his contract would be would be up in or around the end of last year. Multiple talents also said that Andrade had mentioned that he was planning to stay in AEW and considering another contract, but by the end of the deal, he was telling other wrestlers he was planning to return to WWE. Andrade El Idolo is said to have uh, informed AEW that he was finishing up with the company just days before World's End, where he faced Miro in a losing effort. Several people in AEW reportedly expected Andrade to appear on WWE programming the week after he left AEW. If Andrade had signed a new WWE contract, he has not yet made an appearance. While Tony Khan left the door open for Andrade to return, several people that worked around the former WWE US champion said that it was a frustrating process, his departure from the company. Additionally, Fightful's report notes that Charlotte Flair pushed Andrade to return to WWE. Also, Andrade is said to have pushed for his father-in-law, Ric Flair, to join AEW. And then he, he left the cancer there, and now he's leaving. Uh, while WWE sources would not confirm Andrade is on his way back, others have admitted that he is likely to be there soon. 
Andrade previously left WWE in March 2021. After requesting his release, he later debuted in AEW in June of that same year. So, Andrade, what number will he be in the Royal Rumble this year, Josh? Uh, I'm going to say number eight, so he's going to get eliminated very quick. He'll get eliminated by Rey Mysterio or somebody <laughs> somebody along Now's lines. Uh, but yeah, I, Andrade's going to be in the Rumble for sure, it seems. Yeah, yeah I mean, it'd be cool, but it's like, cool, I guess. Uh, Lucha Vlog had some report this week reporting a new sign-in to AEW of Black Taurus. He has signed a contract, but possibly not under the name and gimmick. While Taurus did appear for Ring of Honor and AEW under the character, it seems AAA owns the rights to the name. This may be a similar situation to that of Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, who used those names when in a AAA, but wrestle as Penta L-G-R-O-M and Ray Phoenix in AEW. Either way, neither AEW nor Tony Khan have confirmed the signing at this time. Taurus hasn't appeared on AEW slash Ring of Honor television since the end of December. And according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, AAA has made things difficult for Taurus, and this may have damaged the relationship on both sides. AAA's side is that Taurus was an, an opening match wrestler in Arena Mexico before getting his name and gimmick. He was then pushed and gained popularity, he wrestled in AAA as Taurus from 2015 through 2016 before going to Lucha Libre Elite as Black Taurus. He then registered the name and attire before returning to AAA in 2018. This led to the popularity in the U.S., particularly after he began making appearances for, for PWG, and he then became a regular for Impact. Taurus' side is that he asked for more money since AAA told him their market couldn't support a raise. He wanted to sign with AEW. AEW tried to work out a deal to keep his name and gimmick, but AAA sources claims Taurus was against that. Instead of fighting legal battles, Tony Khan elected to make a change. And on that note, another recent signing, Brian Keefe has officially been signed by AEW, according to Wrestling Observer Newsletter. It's not yet sure if it's a year deal or a per appearance deal at this point. And one final note for AEW before we wrap up the converse with uh, some Ring of Honor. Some bad news if you're a Keith Lee fan, as uh, it was a revealed in a post on his private account uh, via uh, House of Wrestling that Keith Lee will require two surgeries coming up, unfortunately, uh, regarding his injury that he suffered before AEW's world's end. He wasn't cleared for the event and pulled from his match with Sorb Strickland. He will now be getting two surgeries in order to get his health problem fixed. He later revealed he had been trying to work through an injury. He wrote, took roughly 19 years, but I guess it's my turn. Time to get fixed. Here's to double surgeries. Clear, certainly one way to start 2024. No other details were provided on what type of injury he has, but man, that's Keith Lee, man, it's just been a rough break after rough break since the end of 2022. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, it's it's crazy because uh, he's a talented dude, man. It's really, well, great, great wrestler. I just think, you know, uh, when it comes to his size, unfortunately, that's just that, that's that's going to happen. The, the style he wrestles and his size, you know. And he's getting up there in age. It's just it's a it's a bad combination. 
It's the double whammy, of course. It's, it hits different, man. It's rough. Uh, but let's finish off all the Converse conversations with some Ring of Honor television, Ring of Honor uh, TV this week. Uh, the show featured a bunch of title matches uh, this week. As I think they had about, like, I think three or four title matches on the show. Uh, the main event saw Elio Del Vikingo defeating Action Andretti in a fun main event to retain the AAA Mega Championship. Meanwhile, you had uh, the Undisputed Kingdom defeated Iron Savages in a decent tag team matchup to retain the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Cal Fletcher beat Christopher Daniels in a solid bout for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. The best match on the show was Claudio Castanoli defeating uh, Brian Keith in a banger that really got BK over. And then you had uh, Billy Starks, Kira Hogan, Lady Frost, Queen Amiata, and uh, beat Robin Renegade, Layla Hirsch, Rachel Ellering, and Tayo Valkyrie in an eight-woman ROH Women's TV title preview for the tournament. So some good stuff on ROH TV, some good stuff on ring on AEW TV this week. A good week for the Converse, but we got to move on because we are not even going to go into the eight, the uh, WWE land yet, Josh. Because like I said, we had a bunch of shows from this past week. And one of the big shows that we previewed last week with Top Guy JJ and Miss Chrissy Love was TNA Hard to Kill. TNA Hard to Kill, what a show it was. And a lot of that came down to the main event, which saw Moose defeating Alex Shelley in a great main event matchup to win the TNA Heavyweight Championship. But post-match, the world was talking after the debut of the wanted man, Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler, debuting and laying out the new TNA heavyweight champion, giving him a zigzag before ripping off his shirt to reveal a TNA shirt as he was the big signing of the night. Jordan Grace beat Trinity in a very good match to win the uh, TNA Knockouts World Championship. Speaking of the knockouts division, Giselle Shaw defeated Tasha Steeles, Danny Luna, Jordy Threat, Alicia Edwards, and Zaya Brookside in a good knockouts Ultimate X match to become number one contender. Speaking of the knockouts division again, the former Dana Brooke, now known as Ash by Elegance, made her debut on the show before the TNA, uh, the TNA uh, Knockouts World Championship matchup. Absolutely love the vignette on TNA Impact. By the way, I had to mention that. That vignette was like a perfume ad. Yes, give me more of this. This is not like Timeless Tony Storm, you idiots who see two blondes and say they're still uh, in the So stupid. Yeah, so fucking stupid. Yeah, why why do y'all always have to shit on Ash? Y'all always shit on Ash on social media. It doesn't make sense. I, yeah, bro, I... <sighs> I did not get no Tony Storm. Not at all. And I was like, "What? Like what?" And I feel bad for 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 her. Like I feel bad for Ash just because she fucking tries. She not might she might not might not be the best worker, right? She not might she might not be the best, but she tries. You know, she's you know she's putting in effort. You know. Um, she obviously loves the business, and I just think I was like, "This is something different for her. This is something WWE didn't even try to do." You know what I they mean? Never so they something. never would have tried yeah. this. Before. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this is like, you know, this is something new for her. And I thought the present presentation was great, just because it's like, "Oh shit, 
this is something new. I've never seen this from Dana Brooke. Like, let, let's see where this goes. So it's like even the name, right? Might not be the most catchiest name. It's something different. And I think it fits her. So I just think people just need to like just fucking wait and see. Like, just let her. She doesn't do anything to nobody. You know what I mean? Like, not at all. Like, just let her do her job. Like, come on, guys. They always yeah. picking on poor Ash. I don't, it don't make sense to me. But going back to Hard to Kill in the knockouts division, you had Decay getting the win over MK Ultra to become the new knockouts tag team champions. ABC beat the Rascals, Grizzle Young Vets, and Speedball Mike Bailey and Laredo Kid in a very fun four-way to retain the TNA World Tag Team titles. Josh Alexander defeated Alex Hammerstone in an awesome horse fight. That was a great match, but the best match of the night to me was Chris Saban defeating uh, Kushida and Elio Del Vikingo in a spectacular three-way to retain the X Division Championship. What a show from TNA. I, I really, I'm really excited for TNA right now after Hard to Kill. That was a great fucking card. Like when I was when we were doing the thing, I was seeing like the card itself. I was like, holy shit, like this is great. And I felt like they delivered. Even with like all the news of like you know Trinity leaving, it wasn't a distraction. I thought that was really good. I thought it was a really good show. And um, you know, Namath, I was a little surprised. I didn't expect him to be the signing just because of the whole New Japan stuff, like him showing up. So I kind of was just like, uh, I don't. But I thought it was a fair presentation. I think it was pretty good. People got into it. Um, the whole like ripping up the shirt. He's showing he's TNA. You know, I thought it was cool. It was it wasn't bad. It was better than I expected. Um, could be a new thing for him, you know. Like overall, it was a great show. Uh, Hammerstone, like man, he's a fucking beast. I'm happy to see like he's getting some type of like, you know, on a bigger stage because you know, MLW was just is not gonna get you to that to that point of your career. So yeah. to see him like even with like he hasn't, there's no official word yet if he signed with them or not because they would have announced it, but he's not signed with them yet. This will be a good signing. For TNA, for um, Hamstone being in, that would be a great signing. That was a fun yeah. matchup. The fucking triple threat match, I'm like, god damn, even that one too. It was like, <laughs> yo, like, you know, I thought Kochita was gonna win, but I was fine with Saban winning. I thought that was yeah. a good, good call, you know, like just like on hindsight, it was a good call. Um, Moose winning was, was surprising. Uh, I was like, oh shit, hey, well, even though I've never been against Moose, I, I think he's a great athlete. Uh, he's gotten way better every year. He seems like he gets better. And that match was great. I was surprised yeah. how good that match was. Yeah, he's gotten better every year too. And um, you know, so I, I I'm not against it. Great, great overall show. One hundred percent agree with you there. And then they followed up TNA Hard to Kill with one of the best episodes of Impact in like forever. And a lot of that comes down to yes. One of the very best matches of the fucking year. I am telling everybody, go out of your way to watch Josh Alexander versus Will Ospreay 2. Because I think even by the end of this year, this is happening in January. We will be talking about this as not only the one of the best matches of the year, but one of the best TNA matches ever. Like, it's th nearly 30 minutes some spectacular sequences, hard-hitting strikes, 
great story being told as it's kind of like it's kind of like a young a young Kurt Angle versus a young AJ yeah. Styles and both yeah. guys are TNA kids so them being in the main event of the first TNA Impact return just meant so much to them and Josh picking up the win uh with the C4 spike in that 30 minute epic what a match uh Nick Nemeth talked for the first time on Impact got into a confrontation with Steve Macklin laying him out you had an X Division uh, scramble. This was like six minutes of just so much fun, nonstop action. Jake Sutton defeated Laredo Kid, Trey Miguel, Speedball Mike Bailey, Kushida, and Elio Delva Kingo. And the Grizzled Young Vets uh, picked up the win over the TNA Originals post match. Frankie Kazarian turned on Eric Young. But man, Will Ospreay, Josh Alexander, spectacular. I love that match. I like, I've watched it twice now. It's amazing. I got to um, see it. I gotta see it, but I'm not surprised. Uh, Alexander's a fucking beast. Like, um, I, I mean, I, I've been very happy to see like shit has you know has come together the last two three years from him. It's just it's been fucking great to see, just because like I've seen I, you know, on Facebook I followed him for years. So to see that where he's gotten from then to now is like it's it's a, it, it's it's fucking incredible to see. So so pro I'm happy to see like shit's working out. Yeah, you love to see it. You love to see it for, for good people as well. That's always nice to see. Uh, some news for TNA. Of course, there is Trinity, as previously reported. It's believed Trinity will be finishing up with TNA. She had her final matchup in Orlando last night, and it's going to be one on tonight on tonight's taping as well. She will be heading back to WWE. It was believed that she would be done after Hard to Kill and the subsequent TV taping, but that is not the case. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Trinity will wrap up her time at the Orlando tapings tonight, and it should be noted that with the timing, she would be likely free to appear at the Raw Rumble. What number will Trinity be in the Women's Raw Rumble match? Uh, I'm going to say late 20s. I'm gonna say between late twenties or early twenties. I think we'll pin that for between twenty and thirty. She's gonna be. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I take twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. She comes out with the Afro. That's a good number. For Trinity being that hard to kill, of course, her friends was in full force. Mercedes Monet was in attendance at last Saturday's Hard to Kill, but that doesn't mean she's in talks with the company. Monet and Bailey were both in attendance at the pay-per-view. Bailey is, of course, under WWE contract, but Monet is a free agent, and some were speculating it could be her that signs with TNA. PW Insider reports that that is not the case and that, like Bailey, she was there just to support Trinity in her knockouts championship match against Grace and, of course, took some pictures with Jordan Grace as well. So that's always nice. Uh, but the big signing was, in fact, Nick Nemeth. And Nick Nemeth is really the wanted man in, in New Japan, in TNA. And he had an interview this week with Sports Kita by Russell Binge. And he was asked about going to AEW after making his appearances in New Japan and TNA. And he said, I am very focused on New Japan and TNA right now. I have seen a, a few different people on both of those rosters that I am blown away with, not doing moves, being awesome at wrestling. Some of them have bigger names. Some of them don't have a name that's really well-known or all over the world yet. There's a handful, and there's one or two in New Japan, and there's five or six at TNA that I have been watching very closely. I famously don't watch wrestling, but I have been watching and going. This person is one big break away from being the next up-and-coming thing. How can I help them but also make the show awesome? 
Nick Lemon's TNA debut at Hard to Kill was a big milestone on YouTube as well. Nemeth made his debut for the company at TNA Hard to Kill, and the YouTube video of the clip has surpassed 1 million views. As of this uh, this uh, recording, I believe it's at 1.1 million, and that is far and away the most viewed YouTube video in the TNA Wrestling YouTube channel in recent weeks. By comparison, the next closest over the past week was the most surprising debuts and returns in 2023, and that did 307,000. And Nemeth is not done quite yet, Josh, because Nemeth is the wanted man in, in New Japan. He is the wanted man in TNA. How about being the wanted man in GCW as he was challenged by none other than his former and WWE co-worker and rival, Matt Cardona, to face him in GCW. And apparently it will go down next month, February 24th, in Los Angeles, the coldest winter ever. Matt Cardona versus Nick Nemeth. What the fuck? Did, who turned the channel to 2011? What do you think about Nick Nemeth's run so far in 2024 as the wanted man? Uh, better presentation than what he's done with WWE, I guess, like the last few years. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just joking. But I think um, I'm kind of not joking at the same time. Because uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a good resurgence for him. Uh, when when the when the list of releases came out, he was obviously the biggest name from it, just because of his body of work and what he's done in the past. Yeah. Um, TNA is a good move for him, just because like he's going to be presented as a bigger star there. So I think that's what about on hindsight, that's the smartest move. Um, but then when it comes to that, he gets to do other things like the GCW stuff. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Just because, like, it's still kind of like crazy, right? It's like, fuck, yeah. we got Dolph Ziggler and GCW. The fuck? Because we always assume. Hey, I'm still, I'm still yeah. stunned by Matt. Car I'm still recovering from Matt yeah. Cardona three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's just more the fact that, though, um, just because, like, with Dolph Ziggler, like, we thought he was in a position where he was like comfortable. He was on cru cruise control, and he was like, you know what, I'm gonna stay here until I retire. But then when you hear like his interviews, when you hear like what he has to say, that wasn't the case. Like he wanted to do more and it was just wasn't there. The opportunities weren't weren't there anymore. Um, but this is a good move. This is this is uh I think it, I think it's a fantastic move for him. He's gonna get a shitload of bookings. He already has, but like we're talking about like Mustafa Ali and Dol like both both of those guys have benefited I'm it so far. They've benefited. From this shit, because it was like not only the name, but everybody knows like if you book Dolph, you're gonna get a great, you're gonna get a great showcase. He's gonna put whoever you need over, or he's gonna put him over. So it's a good showcase. Like it's a good signing all around. One hundred percent, couldn't agree more with you uh, about that. But yeah, I, I think that's a lot of fun that they're doing that matchup at GCW. Going to have the freedom to do the match they always wanted to do, probably as well. So that's there's, there's going to be a lot of WWE fuckery with that match too. Like, oh yeah, because oh, yeah. we you know what Matt Cardona. It, I wonder what what he's going to do. That's going to be the fun part. I think about it. I think the match is going to be great, but I think like the antics of it is going to be fun. It's going to be even funner. Yeah. 
Uh, we had WWE SmackDown last night. We're going to get into that. I do see we got a bunch of comments in the live chat for us to get to about TNA. Uh, we got Nikki Boy. He says, Sid, that is a perfect comparison that I didn't even think off of. Uh, definitely had vibes of Kurt versus AJ. Yeah, that was that match was awesome. Awesome. The match of TNA says Eric Isaacs. Uh, we also got Nate who says the return of the goat, D'Angelo Williams. Yes. And uh, TNA hard to kill. He's a part of the system. What do you think about the system? The new stable of Brian Myers, Moose, Eddie Edwards, and Alicia Edwards. Pretty cool. Uh, I just want to see where it goes, but it's a, it's a nice pairing. I agree. Uh, and then we got a super chat donation from our good friend, Will Chisholm. He says, do you think she will make it to the final four? Talking about Trinity. Um, final four, I think Bailey and Becky will be the final two. So, yeah, I would throw I would throw Trinity in there and then maybe I Bianca. Think, yeah, I think I think so, too, because like uh, if you want her back and this is going to be a good this is a big spot for her. So I think you kind of have to do it to see how serious you are. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to do it. That is true. You kind of, you kind of, your your hands are your hands are tied, guys. You got to kind of go full throttle with this one. Which is fine because it's like the final four doesn't really matter to be honest with you. All that matters is who's gonna win it. So I mean, I think Becky's gonna win it. Yeah. So I think I think Bailey's gonna win. I think Bailey's the more interesting story. Oh shit. Uh, the show, uh, you had SmackDown last night. The show featured some more of build-up for the Royal Rumble Fatal 4-Way as he had a contract signing where everyone came out to sign except for Roman Reigns per Paul Heyman. Of course. Because he didn't look at the contract, all this threatened to make the match a triple threat for the vacant Undisputed Universal Championship at the Rumble. After some talking from Heyman and a brawl breaking out between LA Knight and AJ Styles, Randy Orton warned Heyman he was going to hit Roman Reigns with an RKO. This all led to AJ Styles versus LA Knight later in the night getting broken up by Solo Sokoa, who said he would take care of things for Roman Reigns earlier in the night, and he did just that, delivering Samoan spikes to both men before challenging uh, Orton to come out for the main event. But unfortunately, he got caught with an RKO to lose that main event matchup. Styles Knight came out after taking getting rid of Jimmy Uso, a brawl breaks out before all three men as Orton lays out Knight and Styles with RKOs, but he is met with a Superman punch from Roman Reigns, who winds up finally signing the contract for the Fatal 4-Way. He goes for a spear on Randy Orton, but he gets caught with the RKO. Meanwhile, you had Logan Paul as the guest on the KO show where he credited Kevin Owens for starting his WWE career when he stunned him at WrestleMania 37. After an entertaining back and forth between the two, uh, Logan Paul sucker punched Kevin Owens after Kevin Owens said that he would get up from any punch that Logan Paul can throw. And of course, Owens did get to his feet, got into a brawl with uh, Logan Paul after taking off his cast, and then he used that to his advantage hitting his bare hand into the ring post, re-injuring his injured hand. This was a really good segment on the show. Uh, Legato Del Fantasma picked up the win over the LWO in trios action. Meanwhile, Katana Chance and Caden Carter uh, were followed and being watched by the damage control as they picked up a win over the Unholy Union. That name fucking sucks. 
I just want to <laughs> uh, to retain the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles and the most important part of the damn show. Bruiserweight is back, and he's with Tyler Bate as they picked up a win over Pretty Deadly. What did you think about SmackDown last night? Uh, let me. SmackDown was okay. Uh, it, was, it was a show. Yeah, I mean, like it was okay. I guess. I mean, I mean, I guess you know they're they're building up to the Rumble and all that stuff. It was. I mean, it is what it was. Um, but it was great to see the Pete Dunn stuff. I thought that was like important. Um, I kind of thought they were gonna kind of continue like the video because like I thought the the video stuff was like a great segue. I thought they were gonna kind of continue that just because they tends to do that. They kind of they tend to drag it until like their big moment. So I was kind of surprised that they did it and then there's like fuck it, it's Pete done again. Yeah, they just said fuck it, it's gonna be this week. We don't care. Yeah. So uh, but when in regards to that, I know somebody on uh Facebook. I mean, I said Facebook on Twitter. The public and these podcasts are like, oh, you know, thank you, Triple H. Like, you did the right thing, whatever. But I'm like, you guys realize that it took this man over a fucking year to change his name when everybody else got their fucking shit back, like, within... immediately. Like, what the fuck? Like, are we going to forget that? And I said that. I was like, yeah, it's... And I wrote in response, yeah, it's great that it finally went to his table. Like, it finally got to his desk so he could finally (laughs) change it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like finally, like do some work, like do something. What the fuck? What are we doing? Yeah, but it was great. It was a great presentation. I I liked it, and then also, um, even the aspect of it because you saw Pretty Dudley's reaction to it. They're like, and like they were fucking frightened. So it did its job. Yeah, I love their their little promo uh, afterwards. It was like we prepared for Butch. Who is this? They brought a whole new person. Oh my god, they're great. They're great. I love I love Pretty Dudley. Pretty Dudley. Pretty Deadly is very underrated. I, I do enjoy a lot of their stick and the stuff that they do. It's very, very fun, very humorous stuff. Got to give them some, uh, show them some love here. But I'm glad Pete Dunn is back. And really, Dunn and uh, Bate could become like the new babyface, top babyface tag team on SmackDown. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, they could be. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really wanted to. Like, they, they don't realize I'm like, yo, like, you got two of the best workers on your fucking roster. You, they got. I was like, you got it. Like, don't fuck it up. This, just give them the DIY push. DIY, slow and steady, building them up. Uh, they're getting over with the crowds little by little, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But well, fortunately, we have some more big news to discuss, Josh, on this show. And uh, yes, it's about that time to talk about Seth. Freaking Rollins as he decided to have a match with Jinder Mahal. And apparently, he has entered because of it. Tony Khan was right all along. It appears the WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Freaking Rollins hurt his knee during the bout with Jinder Mahal on Raw. Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez had some additional information on Wrestling Observer Radio. Rollins appeared to have tweaked or hit his knee hard after a springboard moonsault on Mahal during their matchup, and he was favoring his knee. Alvarez reported that Rollins was able to walk on his hurt knee backstage. Meltzer stated that uh, Rollins will be getting his knee checked out with an MRI, and the full nature and severity of the potential injury is still not known. 
Meltzer added that he was told what happened with uh, Rollins' knee could be something minor or it could be something worse. The extent of the injury won't be known until the MRIs come back. While Rollins does not have a matchup for the uh, Royal Rumble, an injury right before WrestleMania season could be a huge setback as he has been in the midst of a brewing feud with CM Punk. Fightful Select reports that Rollins suffered a torn MCL and a partially torn meniscus, and it is currently unknown if he will need surgery, but the hope is that he can avoid that. It is not yet known how WWE will handle this when it comes to TV and creative plans. The site reports that as of Monday night, Rollins had told people backstage that he didn't believe it was an ACL tear with one WWE higher up telling the outlet, considering he's power bombed a 300 pound man with a torn ACL, we think he understands what that might feel like. Several people in the company praised Rollins for his toughness and resolve and both during Monday's match and immediately after. Rollins has had a number of knee injuries in his career and has worked through several of them previously. WWE has not yet released an official statement on Rollins' injury, but they have announced that he will be on Raw to address his future. What do you think about Seth freaking Rollins possibly injured right before a WrestleMania moon event with CM Punk? Do you foresee Rollins having to miss some time or do you think it will be similar to his last injury during mania season where he's able to come back for the show so before anything uh i just want to say um T tony khan knew he was doing he injured seth rollins um that was that's like very obvious um i guess he did his job he was right about gender um that's crazy injured injured by gender that's man you know what I mean? Like he didn't get hindered; he got he, injured. Like, like you know, like you decided to pull this bullshit match that didn't need to happen. It, this fucking match did not need to happen, and the man got injured. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But besides that, um, it's a tricky situation, just because we know when stuff gets injured, we we know like his determination. So that's never a question. That's never going to come into question. Like, oh yeah. I already know Seth is gonna try everything possible to, to to get to Mania. Why? Because this is his best shot to main event one of the nights. That's the main goal. Uh, we've seen this man come back from two major knee um, injuries in the same in the ACL, and he tore another muscle uh, when he wrestled Kane. When that when he tore his ACL, yeah, he came back in five. He came back in five months. You, you're talking about an injury that you're out eight. Depending on the situation, you're out eight to twelve months. He came back in five months. Um, the situation with with his injuries, uh, torn MCL. I had a torn MCL, and I was out of work for for seven to eight weeks. I was out um, of work, and that's just me being a regular motherfucker who doesn't do anything athletic. Um, so I think he'll come back sooner. You know, that's that's my you know. Again, I don't know how the human body works. But that's my guess. Like, if he could avoid surgery, MCL tears, you could avoid surgeries. So that's when it comes to torn muscles. That's the best case scenario. That at least is not a torn M um, ACL. ACL, forget about it. You're you got to get that fixed. MCL, depending if it's not a full tear, which I don't think it's a full tear. A full tear, obviously, you got to get it patched up. I don't think it's a full tear. Um, the only tricky one would be the meniscus. The meniscus. It's it's a weird injury because um when I tore my MCL, 
when I when I went to my doctor's visit, like when I was going through all that stuff, the doctor told me himself he was more worried about the meniscus because the meniscus uh, it's a, it is a major muscle, but also depending on how bad it is, you could, you could be out two to four weeks with a torn meniscus, or you could be out six to eight months. So that's why it's a tricky. That muscle is tricky. It, it, yeah. There's no guarantee. Um, but from what I saw, I think there was a report saying like about a matter of weeks. If you could get him out for about what seven to eight weeks, you might be good because you don't really need him to wrestle. You could just have him cut promos. You could have him build up that match. So, I, th- I think it's going to depend if he's able to travel. Yeah, and that's the only thing that's going to hinder anything. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but, you meant that pun, <laughs> but um, again, if it's a matter of weeks, Seth is coming back. That's where I'm gonna stand by. I think he's coming back. He's gonna find everything possible to come back. If he doesn't come back, uh, you know, it it will be unfortunate. But then, but if he can't come back, then I think he should take his time. You know what I mean? Like if hey, the timetable is realistic, unrealistic, don't rush it. But if there's a possible way you can, he's going to find every way. But now it's going to be a, a situation where, like, where did he go from here creatively? If he has to drop the title, where do you go from here? It's a difficult situation completely. We do have a uh, Super Chat donation. Thank you so much, Santo. Thank you, Santo. Appreciate you jo- dropping in the chat. He says, what's up to the entire THH fam, THH universe? I hope all are well. Thank you so much. We hope you are well as well, Santo. Give us your thoughts on all this Seth Rollins news. I I agree with you. It's going to all depend on if he's able to travel. I am going to lay out the hope that that he's able to come back. However, I don't know if you can wait with the world heavyweight championship if you could just keep the title on him for the next two months without him defending the title and you know just build up for wrestlemania i kind of feel you want to leave the leave and leave the title in a place that just in case seth is not able to come back you've already handled that situation and you're not trying to handle that situation at wrestlemania I think that yeah. Monday, if he's, able, if he's able to, without any further damage to his knee, you have Damian Priest cash in on Monday when he does his, his, his address of his future. You have Priest cash in, he wins the title, and then you could do whatever you want to do, whether it's Punk versus Priest, Punk versus McIntyre, whatever you want to do. You have two options. You either have him have Priest cash in, and that's how he loses, or you have him relinquish the title, and you put the title up, in the Raw Rumble or Elimination Chamber, and you have Drew or Punk win that. I I like the second scenario better, just because with Priest, with Priest, uh, and then how Triple H does things. Obviously, there's a plan to that. Um, I know Triple H hasn't been in a situation yet where he's had to like hot shot anything at the moment. Um, I just don't. I don't know because. The problem you fall with that is like you have Priest cash in, he's gonna be transitional as fuck. And I think and I don't think that's what they want with Priest. I think they want him, they, they want him be to be in a prominent position where he wins the the title or he loses it. I don't know what they want, but they want it to be significant. And I think that if he wins it, he's not and I and I, I was telling somebody this because somebody did DM me yesterday talking about it. They're like, Oh, I 
I think Priest is going to cash in and then he's going to be the champion. I told him I don't think that's happening just because Priest is not going to be the champion going into Mania. And I was like, that the problem is that if you do it too soon, it's going to be, it's going to be, you're going to disrupt the shit that you're trying to do with, I guess, with Judgment Day, whatever the case may be. Um, I was like, I wouldn't do that just because, like, it throws away everything, like, at that moment. Like, you had them, right? It's supposed to mean something to, ca to cash in. But then if you do that, it's, it's going to be thrown away too much. But that's just my opinion on that. Um, I, but, again, I do like the second scenario. You either have it, somebody win at the Rumble, like, you put the thing up for the Rumble, then you kind of have a expectation of who's going to win it. Maybe it'll be Drew or Punk. And then you have Punk going into champion as champion at WrestleMania, or you have somebody else win it, and then have Punk still win it at WrestleMania. I like those scenarios a little bit better, just because, like again, I think they have a plan for Priest. I just don't. I wouldn't put him in the position where he's transitional as fuck, because no matter what, people could try to convince me he's not going into Mania as a champion. <laughs> he's not i just thought it was a nice thought to get the no 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 like I, like I get it like on that aspect of like just getting the belt off of him like i get it in that aspect and you want a champion like because once you relinquish it it's like fuck what do we do from here so i i actually still get the aspect i just don't when it comes to priest himself i just don't know what they're gonna do with that and and yes, and Belle's on to something here. She says, hey, guys, just pop it in. I hate to say this because I think he takes too much time off. But between Seth and MJF, Roman might be on to something here. Uh, hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Yeah, we, we've seen this many a time. These workhorse champions, Kenny Omega in 2021, MJF last year, Seth Rollins this year. These workhorse runs, they tear these guys down. Like you know, they, who, they, you know who hasn't you know you know who hasn't turned tear down hasn't turned down Gunther or Orange Cassidy. I'm just throwing that. I'm just Orange throwing Cassidy, that. Out. Orange Cassidy. They made that the story of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's why I mean, that. that's why I didn't mention him. I wasn't going to mention Seth until the real injury. But the story of his title run is that the title run has been tearing them down as well. So here we are. Um, and it was like, Seth. With was, was Seth, too. Remember, they threw out that thing with Nakamura, like, oh, yeah, you have a broken spine or some shit. And then now it's like, damn, now you got an actual injury. So, like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> um, WWE Raw, where this all started with the Seth Rollins story. Yes, with J him defeating Jinder Mahal to retain the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event. Uh, what turned out to be a really good ending to the matchup. Not a good match. <laughs> Ending. It was really good. It was really good. Uh, Seth Rollins retaining. Uh, Cody Rhodes kicked off the show, having an in-ring confrontation with Drew McIntyre, and great opening promo between these two guys. Drew's character is just on the money right now, and Cody played off of him very well here. DIY picked up a big win over the Judgment Day. J.D. McDonough and T Dominic Mysterio got really over with the crowd. The match of the night on this show. Speaking of the Judgment Day, R-Truth was making a lot of money and giving it out to his Judgment Day brethren as he faced Finn Balor and Damian Priest alongside The Miz with the awesome truth. But it was the Judgment Day who picked up the win after Priest turned on Truth. And then you had Ludwig Kaiser defeating Xavier Woods via DQ in another pretty good matchup in this Imperium versus New Day rivalry. 
post-match, Wood stood tall after tossing some steel steps at Kaiser's head. I've been really enjoying this New Day Imperium feud, but I needed to end with Big E returning to face Gunta at WrestleMania. That's what I need, people. That's what I need. And I think that would be a good name for him to end the streak. That would be a good uh, prominent name to, you know, to, to end that title reign. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate it. I feel like that's where they're going with. I feel like that's kind of the, the road they're going with, that they're going to bring uh, Big E back. So, yeah, I hope, we'll I hope that that's, the, this, the, that's the point of this whole New Day Imperium rivalry right now. Yeah, because anything else, I think it's kind of like, uh, okay, what well, we did all that shit for. Um, uh, but besides that, I mean, Raw was okay too. It was a, it was a little bit better than SmackDown. Raw was much better than SmackDown. Yeah, that's what I think. It was better than SmackDown. But um, you know, I I know they promote they they tease the whole thing with Cody and Punk's uh, face down. I don't know what that's gonna be about. It'll I be cool to see. A, it's gonna be a great promo exchange. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. It'll be a great promo. It's just. I don't know, just because like we've seen what Punk has done with the with the heels, and the heels have kind of gotten the upper hand on the promos. I mean, stuff is not heel. I mean, but like we've seen like some, you know, Drew got, has gotten the upper hand on the promos. Stuff has gotten the upper hands. This one is like, what's going to be said? That's going to be like, who's going to get the upper hand? It's kind of weird because it's like both of them are too clean cut to like, hey, who's going to put who over? You know what I mean? Um. But the main event, I mean, it was what I expected. Gender is not a great wrestler. Uh, and I felt like they kind of tried to overbook it a little too much just because they kind of knew the flaws of gender. Like, you know, they had ceased Priest and then all these motherfuckers come and out. Drew, like, Indushare, yeah. the briefcase. It was just like, it was a little too overbooked for me. Um, I was like, bro, like, you, you're not going to cover anything with gender. Like, no matter what, I was like, it's not going to be a good performance. It's just he he is what he is. He's a stiff rest hold performer that's stuck in like the 80s and 90s. That's just what he is. Nothing exciting. And then he fucking, I mean, obviously what the injury happened, what the moonsault, I believe that happened during the moonsault. But because it was in the gender fucking match, it still looks bad. <laughs> like that was the whole point. Still looks bad. Like, uh, I don't know. I the match didn't need to happen. No. Uh, I, I think I think WWE kind of just baited. They you know they got into the hype with Tony Khan's Twitter. I mean, I could be wrong. That's just my take on it. No, nah, I think I think they were already gonna do gender in some type of big match. Yeah, I think I just think I just didn't think it was gonna happen this soon. I don't think it was gonna happen this soon. Like no. I think it happened this soon because of the noise it made on social media. And then you forced it, and guess what? Your fucking champion is injured. And now you're fucked. Uh, news coming out of Monday Night Raw. We got a big name that could be on his way back, Josh, as we have a Brock Lesnar update. Dave Meltzer reported on Tuesday's Wrestling Observer Radio that Brock Lesnar is suspected to be back on WWE programming soon, and it could be any time now. He added that uh, the former WWE champion's return might ha also happen next week and that WWE held off this week due to competition from Monday Night Football, which they don't have anymore, and the Emmys. Uh, they're also, Meltzer also speculated that 
uh, Lesnar's return could take place after the Rumble. Meltzer previously reported in November that Lesnar would be back for the 2024 Royal Rumble, which is uh, next weekend. And Brock Lesnar has not appeared since his match with Cody Rhodes last August at WWE SummerSlam. Cody won the match, and after which Lesnar raised his hand, showing him respect, ending their months-long rivalry. Do who do you see facing Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 40? Uh that's a good question because I don't know. Who did he face again last year? He faced Omos. Oh, oh my god. I just remember that. I just can't that kind of like just came back in the wave. I, I just came back in the wave. Erase that from your memory. Uh but I'm gonna say solo Sokoa. Ooh, that 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 would be pretty decent. I mean, I would like that compared to like I know somebody mentioned Gunther out, and I told everybody I shut that down real quick, and I was just like, "Nope, Brock is not. He's not going after no mid card title. They've built this man up for over twenty years to be the world champion. All he's done is gone to world champion. So I'm like, it, it, it's like Okada. He's a, yeah. he's the Okada. That's why I compared. Yeah. I compared the Okada book. See, full circle. We did full circle here, Josh. Okay, yeah. I said, Okada needs to be booked like Brock in AEW, and Brock has basically been the Okada equivalent for WWE. Yeah, so it was like, it's not going to happen. That will be a fun matchup. It'd be interesting. I'll be intrigued. It's not happening because this dude has, still has the belt, and Brock doesn't go after okay, mid-card yeah, time, so that's not yeah. happening. But I, I like Solo. I think that's a good... Uh, that could go either way. Like Because, because even if you put imagine he fucking puts him over like the way Cena did. I mean, that would be kind of insane. Then then you have no choice but like, fuck, like we got this big star in Solo. What do we do from here? Because he just beat the GOAT Cena and now he took out Brock. So that has to mean something. That has to do something. And and Solo's going to need that because he has done jack and shit since they did that John Cena squash. Uh, bro, Bro, it's been like downhill. It, it they just they just didn't do anything with them. They never followed up with that shit. Uh yeah. WWE NXT this week, the final show we missed. The show featured Roxanne Perez winning a number one contender's battle royal and fatal four-way to advance to face Lyra Valkyria for the NXT Women's Championship at NXT Vengeance Day. Meanwhile, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic continued with Trick and Mello picking up a victory over Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. Meanwhile, LWO made their opinions on NXT to beat Chase U for them to advance in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And news coming out of uh, NXT, unfortunately, it's some bad news as Cora Jade is out with another injury. After just coming back to NXT at deadline, she suffered another injury at a house show that could keep her out of action for up to a year. Uh, I want to send our best thoughts, our well wishes to Cora Jade because that has to be such a heartbreaking injury to suffer just a month after returning from a long layoff. Bro, it's like, is it me or does like, does it feel like something always happens when she's about to get like? She is the greatest NXT Women's Championship honey dicking I think I've ever seen. Like, she seemed like she was so close. She seemed like she was going to win this battle royal and beat Lyra at Vengeance Day and then suffers a torn ACL. Unfortunate, man. Damn, damn fortunate. She got the, you know, she got the, the new two friends and 
hasn't gone hasn't hasn't worked out so far, unfortunately. God damn, god damn. Uh, but yes, we have finally made it to the end of our podcast here. So before we wrap things up, Chrissy Love is not here, but we're gonna do her favorite segment of the show, match of the week. And yeah, this one uh is it is it easy but a hard job to determine what was the best match of the week. But I have my five for this week. Uh honorable mentions to Joe versus Hook. Moose versus Shelly and Kingston versus Kid uh, from Battle in the Valley. Number five for me this week from Hard to Kill, Chris Saban versus Kajita versus El Del Vikingo. Awesome three-way matchup there for the Exhibition Championship. Number four for me this week from Collision last week, House of Black versus Daniel Garcia and FTR. Fantastic trios matchup. A lot of physical action, great little moments like the middle fingers and the sit-down position and stuff like that. Number three for me, Kashiko Okada versus Will Ospreay. They're got, this, these two guys, their worst match is this match, and it's four and three-quarter stars. That's all I <laughs> uh, number, number two for me this week, man, this is really hard between one and two, but I don't. maybe it's recency bias. I will admit to it if it is. I'm going to go with Shingo Takagi versus John Moxley at number two. I rated the match five stars. Great matchup. Felt like one of Moxley's best matchups. Shingo going into Moxley's playing field and bringing his escalation, his pacing to it, just made it, amplified it, and made it greater than the usual Moxley weapon bloody brawls. And any other week, that would be number one. But number one for me this week, Will Ospreay versus Josh Alexander from TNA Impact. It's the feeling. It's the feeling that that gave me. Like, they, the Will Ospreay, Sean Moxley, Shingo, I get that feeling where I'm like, this match is five stars. I always get that feeling during the matchup. This was an extra feeling because it was like, man, these guys are not only doing it and having this spectacular matchup, they're doing it on TNA's first night back as Impact. So it felt bigger. And then the Scott Demore speech afterwards amplified it even more that made it feel like this. Uh, I just watched a top three TNA matchup. There's Joe Daniels and uh, Joe Daniels and Styles. There's Osprey and Speedball from last year, and now there's Osprey Alexander too. This is the top three TNA match of all time. So number one for me this week, Josh. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have a number one. I just haven't seen it yet, so I can't give it on default yet. But uh, top five, uh, I'm gonna go number number five. Hmm, number five, I'm gonna go with the triple threat. Um, X Division title match. I'm gonna go. That's number. That's my number five. Number four. Uh, number four. Number four. Number four. I'm gonna go with. Uh, number four. I'm gonna go with the triple. What was it? The trios match. House of Black and FTR and Daniel Garcia. I'm gonna go with that. Number three. I did rank this a little bit higher, Joe versus Hook, just because I love the presentation behind it. Um, everything, it did its job all around. Good match. Put the young kid over. Just made, made your champion look strong. Uh, so I thought that was a good segue to all that. Number two, Okada versus Osprey. And the number one, Shingo uh, versus Mox. I don't think Mox gets enough credit for like his quality of matches of how Ever since he's gotten AEW, like it's a fucking night and day difference when it comes to his quality of matches. 
always brings it, especially in New Japan. He just steps it up even further. And Safet, you are right. We talked all about Monday Night Raw and forgot nearly probably the best part of the damn show, which was Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley's excellent promo. Becky Lynch, man, I, I think that when when she has a purpose, I don't think there's anyone better at the better. money promo, at the building stuff, building the money matchup. She built this match. She made Rhea Ripley feel like an even bigger star and bigger main eventer. She made herself feel like that. She made Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble, feel like a bigger matchup. This was a home run segment, and this camera shot was excellent as well. Yeah, that's and that's why I kind of, I kind of felt like that's why I said, oh, I think Becky's winning, just because like she made that feel more important. Like right now, to me, I was like, if you're gonna go for a money match, that felt important at the moment. True story. We got uh Nikki Boy he says best Becky promo I've seen in so long. Mommy versus the man says I Eric Isaac. Yeah, if 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 uh, Rollins is out, that's your that's your main mania main event. Sorry, punk. I don't yeah, and punk, I would punk say punk and Drew, maybe punk and Cody is the only is the only matchup for punk outside of Rollins that you can bump. Becky and Rhea. Becky yeah. and Rhea, that promo segment made them feel like the biggest women's yeah. matchup WWE could ever produce. Yeah, and then also, I think it becomes the main event if you have if the story if that if that buildup means something. Because, like, the reason why B Sasha and Bianca, you know, they got that moment because they built around, like, the first two black women the main event of WrestleMania. And it meant something. So, this one, what they will need like a prominent story for it to like mean something to be the main event. But I do agree, like if it's Cody versus Punk, that has to be the main event, uh, because we all know Rock is coming and he's gonna take the L, and that Reigns is still gonna continue his uh historic streak. Yeah, yeah, it's going to year five. Year five. <laughs> um, Josh, thank you so much for filling in this week. Mr. Clutch, the sixth man, the real starter of the True Hill Heat flagship podcast. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media and when they'll see you next time. Uh, you can follow me, JMPunk321, Twitter and Instagram. And every Wednesday, well, almost every Wednesday, when Chris is not playing basketball, he's being trash and ball. Uh, you can follow me, Elite Heat, every Wednesday night. Um, if I could find in a fill-in, if if he can't make it, and I could find in a second person, then we'll definitely do it this coming week. There you go. Be on the lookout for that. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSB3. Follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TrueHillHeat. Patreon.com forward slash TrueHillHeat. $3 a month. The prediction championship. Uh, you get plenty of exclusive content. We got a new edition of Hardcore Rewind going to drop on the Patreon this week. We got Review of Honor. You can check out right now. Get your merchandise, ProWrestlingTees.com, ForYourAware.com, and check out all the great content we got on the channel right now, like AE Ramble, Episode 129, Hook Hinders Joe, or NJPW, New Beginning in Nagoya preview from yesterday, as well with J News and Sanal talking all about Kashika Okada leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. We want to thank Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes, Scott E. Wrestling of Fightful, and of course Josh and all of you who always support us in the live chat. You guys were great on this edition. So we will see you next Saturday as always, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. 
Thank you, Nikki Boy. Thank you, Josh. It is me, it is me. Your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 260. Make it rain. We are signing off until next time.